What it do, DMV? It is episode 39 of Chirp in DMV, and I uh, think we'd be remiss if we did not start the episode by, as we were just talking about, the legend himself, Kobe Bryant, um, in the helicopter crash over the weekend, his daughter, uh, seven others, so pretty pretty tough kick to the groin there, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, uh, it's one of those unbelievably shocking events that everyone's going to remember for the rest of their life. Like it's, it's it's gonna be one of those things like like you'll remember where you were when you heard about yeah the Kobe kind Bryant of news. where you were what you felt it's one of those polarizing people that just kind of makes the world stop when that news happens because yeah. it's so bizarre yeah and how it happened and um, what happened and just to see everything online was also kind of made it worse throughout the day just not only false media reports and then when things are fact checked and true and then you find out like it's his 13 year old daughter and all that shit it's just kind of like jesus christ man and it's i think it it really like hit home when well not hit home but like it really just smacks you like when it's like he's he was more than just a basketball player Mm -hmm. like the last like two three years just everything he was doing in his personal life was yeah he was just being a dad outside like, of the game it was yeah. yeah he actually it was in an interview that i listened to um and one of the things he said was in the next 20 years he wants to have like a better achievements better life yeah. than the past 20 years yeah, so he yeah. can always do he better cared more he was about doing a lot in the community cared sure. more about being a dad he said than being a basketball player um so just it's just kind of just kind of hits you and you're just like holy shit man like that can happen to anyone at any time and you just never know and when it happens you kind of think about some stuff a little more but if- yeah well on top of that it's like the t- like the TMZ report comes out right and like when someone so or my buddies like he said it to us when we were, we were like just having brunch or whatever and then we all like we're like that's bullshit like that's that's a fake story yeah cuz well you Especially Put when you see TMZ, it's TMZ. to a story, you yeah. think of all right. You think of TMZ as like all right, Nicki Minaj and um, what's her name, Cardi B, are having a Beef. conversation about who's got a less smellier butt or something, <laughs> and <laughs> just something stupid like that. And then they were the first to get this, and it's like holy shit. And just everything the past couple of days, kind of watching ESPN nonstop, kind yeah. of sucks to watch, but you can't help but not watch it. Yeah, and you're just like, like holy shit, man. Yeah, it's insane. So, I mean. Yeah, it's tough. It makes you think a lot, but we'll we'll get to the hockey. We'll get to the positive stuff. We are. It is Monday. We're recording. We're watching Caps Canadians right now. Caps already down a goal. Thanks, Holtby. Um, Caps lines tonight. If you do hear a bit of an echo, we're in a new room, so we're going to get this fixed, uh, hopefully, soon enough. Caps lines tonight. Panic Backstrom Wilson on the first line. Verona Kuzioshi. Um, Haglin, Eller, Boyd, Leipzig, Dowd, Hathaway. So panic up on that first line. How do we? How do we feel? Even though we're already down one nothing. Uh, I was I was shocked. What about you, KP? Yeah, I mean, definitely shocked. It's not something I thought Todd Reardon would even mess around with, or yeah. even the team would want to even like do something like that. I'm sure. I'm, I wonder what the boys' thoughts were. To be honest, like, yeah. I don't know if he's trying to just shake shake shit up totally or or what. It's a bold move. I was gonna say, and as as we're watching the game here, they're actually showing Kobe Bryant highlights, Kobe highlights but, in the arena. Okay. Um. But yeah, it was. I, I thought he would just throw Boyd up on that first line, honestly, and not change any of the lines. Yeah, somebody I, younger, more I'm, grittier. I'm sure the players don't really care. I mean, they're all they're they they played played together for like five years, four or five years. I mm-hmm. mean, besides that fourth line, so I mean, they're. I'm sure that doesn't affect them at all. 
You know, right. what I mean? and they know it's probably yep. just a one game thing. And the yeah. other story in that it's Braden Holpe versus Carey Price. So Holpe gets to start right out of the jump from All Star break, um, even though he was the one on the ice over the entire break. So interestingly enough, and as we said, he's already given up kind of that weak goal, and we're one nothing Canadians. Thirteen minutes left in the first here, and they're on a power play and putting some shots on that. Yeah. Um. I think I read a step before the game. Hope he's like 13-2-2 against the Canadians or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, so, it's like the best team he's ever played against. Yeah, like, so I guess that's Stats why. Stats are unreal. So, because uh, Tark did mention that he's probably playing the matchups more, and this like uh, Todd will play the matchups more with the goaltending. So we'll probably see Samson off against like right. Carolina or actually I guess we're done with Carolina but like we'll see we'll see Holpe get his games against I guess the Canadians and the Bruins right he, stuff like that yeah, yeah teams he's yeah, but that historically had yeah. better careers against and it just proves that Todd's not going to give uh, Samson off a chance I don't think to like have the keys totally yet oh not not this year yeah I think you're right no well, I think sure. a lot of people were speculating that uh, going into the all-star break that that could definitely be a possibility yeah I mean the, the way he's been playing um, I think yeah everyone thought thought that he's they're gonna give him the reins but again i think we've been saying it all year they should just split split yeah i would split time for sure so episode 39 capitals themed episode so capitals interview we've got former cap brian pothier joining us we'll pop him back on or pop his interview in later uh in the episode but before we get into anything i guess uh, we haven't even mentioned kp ab how were your weekends I had a pretty good weekend. I went down to Tampa, mm-hmm. uh, visited the boy Jim. Gasparella? Yeah. How was that? <laughs> Didn't even go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we were planning on going to Gasparilla, and then like I got there Friday night, and Jim, he said it's kind of a younger crowd. I, th- I guess it's more of a college town feel like a like almost like underage college people okay. basically so you don't want to go chasing booty when they're yeah like <laughs> we'd be like he was like he thought that we'd be like one of the older like older squads nah, i think a ton of people go um and enjoy it but uh but, yeah overall tampa how was it uh, since you did miss your flight sunday came back <laughs> this morning yeah i had a got a little had a little sunday fun day yeah a little too hard and yeah i had to change my flight to today 8 40 in the morning left oh oh my god dude that was it's the worst flight. it was like that vegas back from breakaway had. and oh carrie price two pad stack on him holy jeez but yeah it was it was like that vegas flight <clears throat> except not five hours long <laughs> which is back. way better <laughs> uh kp how's your weekend uh, it was good. Just relaxed at home. Uh, we did a little moving of the studio. Got mm-hmm. to see the All Star mm-hmm. game and uh, just really uh, watched the AHL All Star game. Uh, just a weekend around hockey, I would say. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. I went to Frederick Friday night. The plan was to go to Morgantown Saturday, but some snowstorms derailed that. And Friday was. One of the drunkest I've been in a while. Woke <laughs> up Saturday not feeling too great. Probably wouldn't have been able to make the trip anyway. And then just, yeah, pretty much sat, hang, hung up in Frederick and boozed and boozed and boozed. Yeah, and then came home Sunday. A lot of craft brewery scenes in, in Frederick now. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Um, so let's get into it. Caps news and notes. I guess we'll start with this. NHL naming Ovechkin to the all-decade team. He's alongside Crosby and Kane, uh, Duncan Keith, Drew Doughty, and Florian Nett. Uh obviously i said that that was the like they finally got something right they got it right <laughs> yeah um because i don't know if the nhl itself did this or nhl on nbc or nhl on nbc sports because remember what was it last week's like top five fours of the decade kane wasn't on there yeah <laughs> it's okay it was insane um but yeah crosby kane ov i mean i think it's that's clear as day no yeah yeah i mean sure. i don't know who else you put on there i think this they came i didn't write the second team down but i think it was stamkos malkin 
Um, Taveras or something. Tave, yeah, probably something like that. But I know for sure it was Sam Cooks and Malcolm. But and yeah, then, Kane, quote unquote, he says OV, Crosby, that'd be a fun line to play on. Yeah. That's <laughs> so all you, <laughs> you think. You think? And then um, I think the, moving on to the, uh, the defense, I mean, some people tried to argue like Chara should be in there or something like he, that. He was on second team. He was on second team. Um, I can see taking Duncan Keith out of that. I can too. Yeah, uh, but you got to think of the decade as a whole. Just three had, had like a, like a yeah. rough like two years. I mean, him and Dowdy perennial for six, seven years of this decade. Right. So it's at five cups between those two. It's yeah. Pretty fucking good. Yeah. And uh, I think both of them have a uh, MVP playoff uh, trophy, too. Um, Con Smythe. Sorry. Same way. I can't uh, speak I know. That. I know Duncan Keith does. I'm not sure about I think your daddy does, too. I'm not 100% for sure. And Any argument on the back end, on the goaltending? No. Uh, no. I mean, I could see a lot you... of people argued Hank Longfist, yeah. obviously, which is. Obviously, but I think you got to dial in playoff success into, right. into that yep. for sure, so and that's Fleury, why. Yep. Yeah, so Flurry gets it. So yeah, we. Uh, they, but yeah, can they, you give him full credit for all of their cups? Not entirely. I mean, he definitely had a part. In oh all, yeah, yeah, all yeah. He was huge, and he was always he was a good goalie. And he's honestly, he never since he went to Vegas, he's 2018, a, he was he's been unreal. He's yeah, so, and that franchise would be shit without him. Yeah. So it's not I like mean, he fell off. He's given given the Vegas Golden Knights great goaltending. Yeah, and he's a fan favorite. I mean, yeah, wherever he, is, he goes, yeah, flower yeah. power. Yeah. Um, staying on Ovi, the topic Wayne Gretzky. He thinks that Ovi does have a real shot at beating his goal record. Ovi, as we sit tonight, because he's not playing, he's suspended for skipping the All Star game. The dumb. 202 goals away as we speak. Uh, Gretzky stated, quote unquote, I'm a big believer that records are made to be broken and that it would be wonderful for the game. Uh, he said he would love to be in attendance if that day were to come. I mean, it's coming. We, yeah, we've, yeah. We've been saying I mean, it's on the pace he's at currently, potentially it might come this season. We don't know. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, eight goals in three games can erase that uh, gap pretty quickly. So, KP, uh, what, do you think he hits it and when does he? How many years from now? Uh, it'll totally depend if uh, he keeps up the trend of 50, like everybody's wanting him to. If he can do the next three years at 50, at least hitting 50 each time, I mean, it's going to be a cakewalk. That's, four or five a, years max. That's a lot to ask for. I think he's got to clip it this year, which he obviously should, and he's got to hit it next year. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think he's going to get to it either way in his career. I just think he's a guy that's going to play for a long time. He, he loves the game. He's a guy that hasn't lost his... Uh, like intensity to win, his yeah. drive to win. He still wants to win. Signing, he definitely wants another cup. So signing back for five he's, years. Yeah. Well, he's um he's, he's definitely what, a, saying he 34 can do right it. now. He's a 34. So if he hits 60 this season, he's only got 186 left, and he hits 50 next year. He's got 136 left, and say he plays three more years, I mean, he had still 45 goals a year. But yeah, exactly. I think he's got it. after next year, he should have at least five more years. He'll finish what Braxton finishes, I think. Well, here's a question: Do you think anyone else comes closer? Do you think Ovi's going to be the only guy for a long? He'll long only time? he'll be the only guy. The only person that could is McDavid, and I don't think he's going to do it. I don't. I maybe Matthews. I'm not Maybe, 100% sure. Yeah. He's he's kind of a natural goal scorer. He's he's got a six shot. But everyone said Patrick Line, he's like pretty much after that first season, he's been nowhere. Well, yeah. he, he's a player like Ovi, which I don't think anybody can do anymore. Just be a a goal scorer, a yeah. dominant dominant goal scorer. You think about Matthews and McDavid. Yeah. A lot of these younger players, they're finding ways to get a 200 foot game. Yeah. Be a total player. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, McDavid obviously has a skill, but he just uh, it's it's hard to put up 50 goals and 120 points every single season. He usually, tough. Just, he usually tough. just is like 35 and, na- and 90 assists. Mm-hmm. He's, dangling. <laughs> He's dangling all the time <clears> and Ovi's the, just shooting. Yep. The bullshit comes back where it's like, all right, Ovi already missed one season due to a lockout. The half lockout season, Dude, he was at, what, 32 goals in 48 games? Yeah, let's talk about that real quick. 32 goals in 48 games. 
Like, could you imagine if he had a, a full season? <laughs> full season, he scored 60 that year. Yeah. it's insane. And the lockout year was his rookie year. His actual rookie year in the NHL, he scored, what, 65? 52. 52, was that his rookie year? Yeah. And then so, I mean, give him, let's be fair, give him his first, first rookie year, 45 plus. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's, we're, if the if he gets that full season and that half season, we're pretty much there. Yeah. I mean. We're pretty much there. Pretty much it, yeah. I mean, that's, that's insane. So, you know what's insane? Well, not insane, but AB, you like to drink alcohol. Yeah, sure. KP, do I, you like alcohol? I dabble. I think you do. I like to booze. So speaking of boozing, Bar Louie <laughs> next to Capital Arena closes, KP. I know that yeah, was the place I, that uh, whenever we went with your dad, that was his go-to spot. Definitely texting my dad. There was many times where I was either at the bar, behind the bar, sitting at a table somewhere, being the DD for my dad and his buddies going to yeah. Caps game. And that would be their hangout. And when I got to legal drinking age, I started drinking there, taking my buddies there. Uh, what they replacing with? I don't know, um, um, but it was always shitty service in there, so I can see why was. they closed. Oh, always yeah. It's I it's never prime, really went. Prime fucking location. Like, literally, you're yeah. right there. You don't even have to walk back outside to get into Capital One Arena. Yeah, it took forever. Their service took forever every single time. So, uh, debate debate club here. What are the best pregame spots in D.C. for a Caps game? If you got tickets and you're going, where are you heading? Rocket Bar. Rocket Bar, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, uh, I, I always argue, go to Rocket Bar. I will argue that. I don't like going to Rocket Bar before games, ever. Why? Because that is the the rally spot when you win. You gotta. That's the after game spot yeah. for me. That's well, how it's always been. I always like to go to Clyde's or like Bar Louie or Caps Redline. Uh, yeah. That used to be there. Yeah. Uh, bar Deco is a fan favorite. Just because that bar, when you go down to Redline, it's just like, you know you're going to get pretty fucking drunk. It's always a good time. I was thinking about Bar Deco. It's like, if I want a pregame and I go to, I mean, if I go to Rocket Bar, I'm known getting pretty fucked up for me it's either exactly for me it was between turtle or rocket bar yeah turtle's good but I, rocket never, bar. I never went to turtle and probably because of my dad and his friends it's because it was always so packed so we went to turtle for the cup run yeah we did with a couple like, times yeah and now, uh, how many did you get in there when you're able to get well, a drink the one yeah. the one yeah, rocket we bar game i think eastern conference finals the one game in tampa maybe it might have been a home game one of those games i went it was like me hunter dj and we got there like say four o'clock four thirty for the game and they shut the bar down because it got too packed, and we stayed there for the entire game. And so we sat there from four thirty till about midnight. Midnight, yeah. <laughs> and we were blacked out beyond belief, and in a bar for the longest amount of time. But yeah, I say Bar Deco or Rocket Bar; those are my two. Yeah, but uh, we'll have to do some more research about that new place going in uh, where Green Turtle was. The sports book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, gonna be. I plan to do a lot of research there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gonna do some handicapping. Baby. <laughs> I'm gonna be researching my bank account there. Um, <laughs> moving right along, according to MoneyPuck.com, the Caps currently have the best odds to win the Stanley Cup. Don't like that. So, 99.3 percent <laughs> chance to make the playoffs. No doy. 56.1 percent to make the second round. 30.2 percent to make the third round. 15.9 percent to make the final 8.4 percent chance to win the cup yeah i don't like that i don't like having the, the best odds to win how, no. how often does it happen I, that's true and then right behind us is tampa at 7.8 and the blues at 7.7 so caps um i don't like yeah i don't know i mean eight percent is not a lot but you're the best you have the best percentage in the league to make it it's still early who cares yeah 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 for is, sure it is still mm. early so last little bit of news here before we recap the, the all-star game samsonov or samsonov interview russian media outlet sport 24 he was asked about hopi and he said quote it's hard to talk about i have a good relationship with hopi we have a lot of respect for each other it's a difficult situation for him and we all try to support him he's our number one 
Oh, Samson said that about Holpe. Yes. So that's, I mean, that's a, I would say that's a pretty good response, pretty but good answer. in that same interview, he also said he would like more playing time. He's hungry to win and compete and win hockey games. That's just the natural born athlete that's. Yeah, it's in, a competitor. That, that It's a guy that knows his place. That's got to be the hardest part, though, between those two goalies. You want to be friends. You want that relationship. You want to feed off each other. But where does that line draw to where you're competitive with them? Like, like this is my net. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you both want to be successful. You both want to be. I mean, if thinking about goalies, goalies I played with growing up, the guy wanted to be the number one. Not many yeah. goalies want to be on the bench, want yeah. to be a backup. And both these guys are could but, be but stars in the NHL. Yeah. So and uh, he has a, definitely hard. He knows obviously Hopi's legacy, what he means to DC, and everything that goes into that. Right, you're not gonna take. He, Todd's just not going to take Holpe completely out this entire no. this entire season. Hell no, unless he starts putting up like like the worst numbers that we've ever seen. Like gets his his goals against average gets to like four, then it's like holy fuck! Like this. <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> yeah, but something I thought about over the weekend. We can dive into this later on when we get into trades and stuff. But like, are you going to be okay with him leave if he does leave next year and we get nothing? That's something you got to think about. I think that's a very important part to look at when it all is said and done, um, like you mentioned. So, like I said, we can get to that, but let's do some all-star game recap stuff. We'll toss it to Poth here, and then we'll we'll hit it hard. So, defending champion Metro All-Stars, they fall in the first game to the Atlantic Division 9-5. to Did you guys watch much of this, any of this? I mean, what no, were the thoughts I did on? Not, but, I, like, reading the rosters, I, I was like, this is the worst Metro All-Star team I've seen in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it was no OV, no Malkin. No Crosby. No Panarin. Uh, yeah, Panarin backed out. Kreider yeah. took his spot. Oh, yep, so, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. And I then, mean, uh, Dougie Hamilton, too. So, we had a, that's like a repl- another replacement. Yeah. Slavin got in. Yeah. I, I watched the skills competition Friday night after about seven old-fashioned, so whatever. <laughs> What did yeah. you think about um, it? <laughs> couldn't tell. I mean, I couldn't even tell you what seemed happened like a half circus. Like a couple of the things I uh, know they did. Like the I u- mean, yeah, the usual. Uh, my my favorite is uh, the four corner shots. Like whenever they do that, just has been a basic thing. Accur- always accuracy. Yeah, the accuracy shooting. This year they brought in that. Uh, it was like a screen with a piece of glass yeah, in front of it. So yeah. stupid. And it, it was a whole debacle. They should just keep oh. it fucking simple. Yeah, how do you change it? How do you change that up? It's I can see wanting the, wanting to change it, but it's just like wanting to add in new technology. They did the new thing. I don't know if you guys saw it, the shooting stars, where the stars were like in the stands shooting yeah. pucks. Yeah, yeah. But I did that was see that. that was kind of cool. Yeah, that, that was, was cool. kind of neat. They introduced that. So um, maybe, maybe they work out these kinks and make yeah. it better. But I think it's like an I don't know. I just feel like it's an untapped yeah. thing that they can make it a lot better. There's somehow. a lot to, to be discussed, obviously. So John Carlson, first Caps defenseman in franchise history to score a goal in an All Star game. Nice. Not a big deal. We like that. That's pretty sweet. Stick taps. Um, TJ Oshie also scores. Awesome moment. Him and his dad just kind of waving to each other after TJ scored. And good to see Oshie there. He was kind of beloved and Saint beloved in St. Louis. He yeah. got good ovations all weekend. Did you um, see the goal? He had the whole family. Oh, yeah. He just kind of goes Snipe. left to right and just snipes it. Yeah. Top shelf. Yeah, it was a nice one. So let's kind of do this. Kind of We'll go over some of the all-star game moments like KP was mentioning the shooting stars. We'll kind of talk about if they were awesome, if they were kind of fucking lame, and what to do after that. So first one, I think this goes without saying, it's going to be awesome. It's Layla Anderson. She's announcing the Blues players on the ice getting fired up. Did you guys see that? Yeah, that was sick. And yeah, she was just was like, cool. baby, power! 
like getting into it. That was awesome. Yeah, the boys, the boys love it. You yeah, can tell. She's awesome. She yep. go go Layla. Go Layla. Yeah, that was very cool. Um, next thing, Green Day dropping a shit ton of f bombs <laughs> despite the NHL's no cursing on TV policy. Whoops. They were just like, we're fucking fucking idiot. <laughs> they dropped yeah, like ten wild. of them. Um, who, NHL is apparently not too happy with who, that. Yeah, who was the first one that cussed? Uh, Snoop. What didn't they have DJ Snoop or something a couple of years ago? Yeah, but they're just when he when Snoop cusses, it's kind of like that's Snoop. When yeah. Green Day's doing, it's like all right, Green Day, like <laughs> quit trying to be Follow relevant. The rules. Um, Thomas Hurdle pulling out Justin Bieber mask for his breakaway versus Bennington. What is it, like? Uh, like a paper mask? Yeah, he just kind of put out a big mask and put it on his face. <laughs> That's Was Justin Bieber there? No, no he was not. No. So did, you, did you hear him? about that no. whole thing, though? I guess uh, it was on Twitter. It's like but, Bennington versus Bieber calling right. each other Oh, out. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, That's why NHL should have got that done. Should have got Bieber at the game. Yeah. Give him a mil. He would have showed up. thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the women's 3v3 game, Canada versus USA. Canada wins that 2-1. to one. I think that was awesome. I watched that whole thing. Very it was some, cool. It was some good fucking hockey. They were going yeah. back and forth. Yeah, I was going to say, they wish there was more goal scoring. I mean, they took Yeah, kind of watching that you're like oh, I wish there was more than three goals but they were going hard yeah I was um, saying they, they were playing like balls of the wall like their game was a lot, yeah. lot more intense like, yeah. than the because those, those teams those teams fucking hate each other yeah. Well, oh, even, yeah. even if uh, you probably I don't know if you got to watch it but during it they were talking about like interviews backstage and stuff both teams were in the same locker room and they were talking about how awkward it was and it was like yeah, silent dude fuck that yeah. did, that, did they really yeah they oh, were in wow. the same Who's locker that? room that's insane no. I, don't, I didn't see who it was um, but that's speaking insane. of teams that hate each other Patty Kane Black Hawk St. Louis the Blues rivalry there Patty Kane scores and he kind of gets half cheered half booed and starts putting his hand up to his ear yeah I saw that picture that was a good pick because they want their team to win but they're like fuck yeah they're cheering for central and then patty scores and they're like oh shit what do we do yeah mm-hmm. i mean you gotta cheer for patty kane i know he's a heated rival but it's fucking it's showtime speaking of rivals again it's um earlier in the week it's dry saddle saying that if tichuk gets on the ice with him he's just gonna get up get off the ice he's not gonna skate with them next thing you know it's you know maddie to Chuck, drop pass to dry slide on a goal. <laughs> yeah, it was nice and goal. it was awkward because they didn't like fist bump or anything. They just no. kind of looked at each other and gave each other like a head nod, and that was it. Dude, Matthew skated. He didn't. I don't think he looked at him. He like skated right to the bench. Yeah, they just, took, yeah. just kept yeah, skating. They just kind of because dry slide was was talking that shit. Yeah. obviously prior. Um, that's not like a Chuck see, did hags, anything. Hags, he just hags, went and got hags, off the ice. Ooh. But yeah, so, I mean, I it's, think I think it's all good there. I mean, if a guy's gonna talk shit and you just kind of. Don't say anything. Just kind of let it play. So awesome or lame. Awesome or lame for the the All-Star game to see some kind of a rivalry. Kind of stay a rivalry. I mean, just because it's the All-Star game, you don't want everybody out there just being butt buddies and playing together. And you kind of like to keep it. It kind of turns in. It's turned into that over the past couple of years. Like last year, it was such a big deal that Ovi and Crosby were playing together. Yeah, and like that. high five, which, which is I, fine because of those two. They're, they're legends. Right? It's legends that have gone up against each other for so long. But when it's two dudes that hate each other, like the Chuck and Drysidle, and yeah. that's a big rivalry. And they have a game coming up here too. I think on Wednesday mm-hmm. they play. Each other. Like, they play each other like three times in yeah. the last mm-hmm. couple weeks. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not big on that. I mean, it's the All Star Weekend. Let the players be the players. Learn from each other. Talk from each other. Yeah. Rivalry stops during the break. Yeah, for sure. So, anything else? Whoa, there's Kovalchuk. Golly, we can talk about him in a bit, too. <clears throat> but uh, anything else? Because, KP, I think you watched more of the All-Star game than the rest of us. Uh, uh, I definitely watched more on Saturday than I, the actual game itself than I did on Friday night with the skills because I just couldn't physically open my eyes. But 
Uh, Friday night, the uh, the hardest shot. That was pretty John cool Carlson. To see. John he Carlson. He won it last it. year, and it looked like he was gonna win it again ah. this year. He had I don't even know what it was. It was like one hundred four or something. I was like, damn, it's pretty fucking good. Then Boy. Shea Weber comes out of nowhere. Weber the bombs. bombs. But who was impressive in that was uh, Elias uh, Pedersen for Vancouver. Yeah, he shot like one hundred two. I was like, this little kid. Yeah, he's small. He's like your size, AB. Yeah, he's he's tiny, and he's he, he just rips. And then who it. was it? Barzell beat McDavid in the fastest skater, I believe it was. Yep. That, he was flying. Yeah, I mean, Barzell, he's probably the best skater in, in the NHL besides McDavid. Well, I guess he beat McDavid. So. Yeah, so there we go. Um, anything else from the All-Star game before we kick it to Brian Poth here and then really take a deep dive in this episode? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hope he sucked. Oh, wheezy. Did he? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he wasn't great. <laughs> I don't know how many goals he let in, but he wasn't great. Um, so with that being said, yeah, let's kick it over to our boy Brian Poth here. This episode of Chirpin' DMV is brought to you by Healing Hydration. Healing Hydration is a new company open now in Annapolis. They specialize in IB hydrations uh, that allows for 100% absorption of fluids for pre and post workout, uh, which none of us do, hangovers, which AB needed all day today, and even for travel, which AB also did today, a little combination of travel and hangover. AB, did you get your uh, hydration? Oh, I did get my there hydration. There we go. Um, Healing Hydration can give you an IB with vitamins and nutrients to replenish your body and leave you with healthy glowing skin they're booking appointments now uh so be sure to check them out and use code chirpin for 10 percent off your first appointment again that's code chirpin all right guys we now welcome on awesome guest 14 year pro where he won an ia ihl rookie of the year second team all-star and turner cup champion in that league Two-time AHL All-Star, nine years in the NHL, including four here in Washington, D.C. with our Caps, and assistant coach for the Team USA Women's Rivalry Series team, uh, Brian Pothier. Brian, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. No problem. So before we get into your time with the Caps and whatnot, why don't you give us a little background on, you know, Brian Pothier himself, you know, growing up in New Bedford, Mass., uh, when you kind of started playing hockey, uh, what kind of really got you into the sport and just kind of take us through that career up to playing at RPI? Sure, sure. I, um, I grew up in New Bedford, Mass., a little blue-collar town up in uh, South Shore, Mass., off the Cape. And, uh, yeah, just out, out on the lake every day, you know, the, I lived on a pond and grew up chasing my older brother around and all his buddies trying to keep up and having just having a lot of fun on the, on the, on the pond, just kind of grew up learning how to skate and and get stuff done out there like i said chasing chasing guys that are a lot older than me and um yeah i, I didn't start till i was a, like you know pawn hockey but i didn't do anything mm-hmm. organized until i was a little bit older i didn't i don't think i started till like six or seven. Oh wow and um yeah and then just slowly went up through the house leagues and then played in the it, it was a mbhl back in the day it was a metro boston hockey league it was like one youth hockey league that was that was probably the best league up here and started playing in that and had a little success and and the team that i played on was awesome um and went went kind of progressed through there and played my u14 year with them and then i went on to new bedford high school just to, like the public high school mm-hmm. and i stayed i stayed there for three years and then I moved over to Northfield Mont Hermon, which is in the um, the prep league up here. And I stayed there for two years and got recruited, went to RPI and um, played four years at RPI and then jumped into pro hockey. So, yeah, it was kind of a it was it, 
my town is like a, it's a real Portuguese dominated town. Everybody plays soccer and no one had really ever played ho- hockey at all. Like our, I was the first kid to really play D one college hockey, never mind huh. play okay. pro hockey. So it was kind of a, kind of a little, it was fun. It was, it was neat. My, my, my old man would drive me up to Boston and back, you know, three or four times a week plus weekends for practices and and um so we logged a lot of miles in the car when i was little yeah that's actually pretty interesting because you, you got to think that or most people have the perception that everybody up there is just kind of starting to play hockey and always playing hockey and those type of sports i mean so like you said four years at rpi um take us through i mean you go undrafted but eventually sign with the atlanta thrashers i mean go through the thrashers and ottawa senators and whatnot but i mean what was that feeling like when you first got picked up by atlanta there yeah, for me, I, my dream, I grew up um, just going to Boston College games. So all I wanted to do was play college hockey. That was my dream. And I got I got there, and, I, I, man, I was having a little bit of success in college. I had, I had a pretty good rookie year. You know, I had a little bit of a off year my sophomore year. But my junior and senior years at RPI, I, I, I excelled, and I got better and, and stronger. And, you know, like I said, pro hockey was just, like, not even in the – stratosphere for me it wasn't even real you know it was like oh that's like you know ray bork and those guys play pro hockey i'm just a i'm just a college kid there's no chance i'm playing any you know pro hockey and then after my junior year like i said i had a pretty good junior year at rpi and i started getting phone calls from agents just right and then you know before you know it i was interviewing uh three four five different agents that summer trying to figure out what way i was going to go and you know, and then, you know, when they started believing that I could play pro hockey or else they wouldn't be in my living room. Right. So, right. so I started saying like, Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe they're seeing something that, this. Damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and honestly, like, it's not even in your brain. I think kids grow up nowadays and they're programmed to be like, oh, I'm going to be in the NHL and they don't right. even care about college. Right. Like that's, just, but for me and the, the, first the landscape, put on skates are thinking pro hockey. Totally, totally. And that, and maybe I was just a little bit of a weird kid or something, but I think growing up in like college hockey was everything back when I was little. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, like we went to the Connie forum all the time to watch BC and, and that was back when like Craig Janney and all these guys were playing. So it was awesome hockey. Um, and I, I had the privilege of having a guy by the name of Ed Rossio, um, who was my youth hockey coach who captained at BC and he kept he came right out of BC and was our youth hockey coach. So it was like just dreamy. So um, yeah, so college hockey was all I really was hoping for. And when I realized that, hey, maybe you can take a run at this thing and just see if I can play a year or two and mm-hmm. see how it goes. And you know, I got I got a, a, an opportunity to sign with Atlanta and and had a lot of success my first year. We won the Turner Cup and I, I got rookie of the year in the IHL and it was just like totally dreamy season you know we're, we're we're in orlando and it's like right we'd have yeah we'd have like a you know a thursday saturday series on the road in houston and then fly home sunday morning and golf all day and then like you know have our stakes by the pool at night i was just like you're just sitting there like how the hell did i oh, get man. here and what <laughs> yeah mean- you know the, the whole time all i could think about was like I know this is, there's no way that this is reality. Like this, this is just a little snapshot in time. I'm not going to be able to replicate this. This is not pro hockey. This is like fairy tale. You know, it it was just crazy. So, 
I mean, you kind of talk about that, just kind of not being reality and then digressing, too, to talking about guys like dropping names like Bork. I mean, those first few years in Ottawa and Atlanta, you played with some legendary names like Alfredson, Hosa, Chara. I mean, Danny Heatley. I mean, talk about playing with those guys. Is there anything you really remember from any of those individuals specifically that kind of stuck with you throughout you know, the remainder of your career? Yeah, um, for me, I was in Atlanta, which was literally the first season. The inaugural season was a 2000 season. And um, I was in the minors. I got called up here and there. And then my second year, I ended up getting traded at the end of the second year. And I was in a really good position in Atlanta. I was growing and I was learning the game. I was, I felt like I they 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 appreciated like what I could be, and they mm-hmm. saw something in me, and they were giving me some, you know, some rope. And I played some big minutes, and it, it was good. And um, and so I was in the depth chart. I was right in the mix. And then I got traded to Ottawa, who just won the President's Trophy. Who was like all those names you just mentioned? Right. I was like, I'm buried. I'm never gonna <laughs> play in the NHL again. That was it. I was like, I can't believe that just happened. And I ended up going from like, you know, three, four, five on the depth chart to like 12. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, I'm just buried. And um, when you get up there, it just, it just, I went to the minors right away and just kind of had to fight my way through it. But sitting on the bench and watching some of those guys that you mentioned, it, it just like the one guy that really stuck out for me was Wade Redden. Okay. He was, because he was a very similar player to what I hoped to be at some point. He was just a really, you know, mobile kid. He great puck mover. He had a knack for just throwing pucks to the net, scoring goals. And he just, his brain was just really, really high end. And, um, yeah, I just watched, you know, I catch myself on the bench at times just being a, being a fan and just being like, my goodness, this guy's unbelievable. And, you know, playing keep away with Daniel Offertson after, after practice or something. And it's just like, you know, I feel like I'm might playing against an NHL and like <laughs> just just toying with me, you know. So it's just, right. but. yeah, for sure. I mean, so summer of '06 comes around, free agent. I mean, I don't want to say you really have full control of choosing where you want to go, seeing as that I mean, in that case, every single team in the league would want to sign you and have to go through all that. But I mean, that's when you came to DC. Was where the Caps kind of a place you had high on your list of teams, um, and then. I mean, maybe did you choose the Caps over other offers during that offseason? I mean, what was the selling point really that brought you here? Well, there's a few teams that were actually in the mix. I, I had a decent year in Ottawa, and I just was like a really good utility guy. I was like a good five right. five or six and just kind of second power play guy. And and it, it was, it was you know, I ended up having, having a decent amount of interest. And all the cities that were interested were like big cities. And I'm, and I'm kind of a small-town guy. I, I just... I'm, I'm, I'm very simple and very practical and I, I'm, I'm sort of, I, I like to fly under the radar and I had just the thought of, uh, so I spent some time in DC in like Alexandria area and I loved it. And it was, it's a kind of town where you, you know, you weren't going to get New York city attention or Boston right. attention or Philadelphia or those big Montreal, those crazy cities. And it's and the thing that I loved about uh, Washington at the time was just the youth. And and we, I was in Ottawa, and they had just drafted Ovechkin, right? And it was his rookie year, and he was just like, I mean, our whole lights out that year, (laughs) yeah, like yeah, our whole pre scout was just like, listen, this kid is the real deal. I know he's young, but we got to take care of this kid. He'll score three on us for sure. 
you got to take care of the kid. And, and just watching them play and they were loose and they were free and, and Hallen was the coach and, um, and they just, they were just a bunch of kind of guys who were just journeymen. And then they had a couple little nice pieces that were coming in and, and it was just seemed like a really cool place, a good, a good place to, to start over for myself and um an opportunity to be part of something that you knew was going to be great in the future right but you you know they certainly weren't that year they i think they ended up 70 points in last place yeah in the it was league, able to but, struggle that year <laughs> yeah yeah but you could see that sure. and it was going to be a fun place to play eventually and um and yeah so those are all the things that kind of kind of reeled me in and um yeah, we we ended up jumping jumping over to to DC. Yeah, you mentioned that. I mean, Ovi. I mean, you kind of came in right there with the young guns era. I mean, it's like you said, the young rookies. It's Mike Green. It's Simmons. I mean, the year after, it's Nick Backstrom. But you had the mix of the veteran leadership and Clark Kolzik, uh, Fedorov, Kozlov even was on that team. I mean, when you first got there, how was that locker room with that mix of guys? I mean, at the point, I mean, you see, you see the skill guys like Ovi and Backstrom and. Kind of how did they mesh with the the veteran leadership and how did they kind of keep that room, I guess, together and move forward from there with developing those guys? Yeah, our our room was great. We had a really good rebuild kind of room. We had some guys who were just like phenomenal leaders. Like Ole Kolzig to this day is one of the, you know, one of the best leaders that I've ever played with or for. Chris Clark, I put right in the top top of that list too. Right just a phenomenal human being and those two guys alone are just to have a presence and they had the respect of the young guys and they were able to sort of teach the young guys how to be a pro how to show up every night be consistent give it in practice like Clarky was the epitome of work like he showed up he was the first one at the rink first one on the ice shooting more pucks than anyone else working harder than anybody else he just got it done by example and he didn't say a whole lot and it was just understood that this guy knows how to lead people and, you know, uh, playing for guys like that, Ovi, Backstrom, you know, uh, all those young guys, you're, you're, you know, and then, and then when Brooks light came up and, right. uh, and you he, he, he played with him in Ottawa too, I believe. So that kind of helped you with your familiarity with the team and having a guy, you know, I guess. Yeah, I did. I did. I had a brief time with uh, with Brooks there, and and then it was nice when I got to DC. It was a. It's, it's not always nice to see a familiar face, for sure. I mean, at that time, did you? I mean, like you mentioned when you were doing the pregame stuff uh, in Ottawa against Ovi, you kind everybody realized the talent. But I mean, even when you came over there, did you see that? Like, and did you kind of think he would turn into the world class guy he? <laughs> I mean, became today. I'll be brutally honest with you. I I saw him and I saw the way he played hockey and I said this guy is unbelievable. He's like a freak of nature. Like he's he's just mm-hmm. you know, he's just his he's just made different than everybody else. But there's no way he can play like this. Like he's going to be he's going to his career is going to be over by the time he's 25, 26. He's, right. he's just going to run out of gas. There's huh. no way you can play that hard every night and for 82 games and 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 have a, you know, 20 year career or 15 year career for that matter right with the speed and physicality and everything he kind of brought to the table absolutely like everything is all in you know 
And, and, you know, I just watch in awe still. And I'm just like, my goodness, this guy just, he just defies, you know, every (laughs) physical law of nature (laughs) that you could even think of. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. You just, you know, he just kind of, like I said, he's just built different. He's just like a, he's a specimen and he he physically is just a special human being. I mean, you mentioned watching him now. Do you still watch a lot of NHL? I mean, kind of, if you do, you got a preferred team you cheer for, just kind of enjoy it for what it is. I, you know, to, to this day, I'm, I'm a big Washington Capitals fan. I still cheer for the Caps. And, um, you know, I've always been a Bruins fan. Even playing for the Caps, I'm still right. interested in the Bruins. Oh, yeah, growing just, up there and being a fan. Yeah, absolutely. Like, when, you know, when we played, um, just watching the black and gold warm up down the other end, sure. it was like just a f- surreal, right? Like, I'm just like, where am I? I'm like in the garden right it's now. Like, holy crazy. shit, like this is, I'm in the garden yeah. right now. I'm skating, but I'm not with my... <laughs> homegrown Bruins. Um, I mean, like you said, you watch the Caps, you cheer for the Caps then. So I believe former teammate Todd Reardon, how do you think he's doing as a bench boss now? Yeah, he's like Obviously he's, he's, he's exceptional. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm not there firsthand to watch him do his thing, but you know, word on the street, everybody I talk to is just like, you know, he's, he's got the goods. He's, he's, he's great at what he does. He's, he, he toes that line of like having, um, just the respect of his players, but still letting them do their thing and not feeling like they're controlled. He just has this really great balance and, um, and the guys play for him and, and, um, you know, it's a tough, tough situation to jump into right after you win the cup. And then all of a sudden you get the keys to the car. It's like, Whoa, it's like, yeah, it's tough you take this fall, Ferrari right? and try not to crash yeah. it <laughs> pretty exactly. much. So exactly. It's you, tough for sure. So a couple of years later, I think is 2008. You suffered that concussion that I believe was off that Lucic hit. I mean, I think at that point it was the fourth of your career. I mean, that one resulted in that 14 month hiatus from hockey and uh, concussions being the reason your career, I think, eventually came to an end later down the road. So I kind of want to gauge your thoughts on the current state uh, concussions in terms of how the league has handled them over the past 10 years with the protocols, uh, new equipment, anything like that. I think the the NHL has made a really nice effort to, to try to up player safety. You know, I think it's clear that they've made a huge, you know, push for for respect amongst peers and players and if you throw an elbow or you go take a headshot it's it you're gonna you're you know you're gonna be missing a few games and a bunch of money um you know and i i I appreciate that part of it you know you you get guys who are continually getting bigger continually getting faster continually getting stronger and give them equipment that shoots the puck harder that is you know is is lighter and quicker and man, it's just a recipe for the impacts to just be even more profound. And so add all that together and, and like the game, even though they've taken out a lot of the clutching and the grabbing, a lot of t- like a lot of that clutching and grabbing is what slowed the game down enough where there right. wasn't impacts where it was insane. Now you can't hold a guy up. Yeah, you, you can't you pin it. The- you can't pin him up or it's just exactly. get off you- of him and get going. You chip up. I'm skating backwards. You're skating forward right at me, and you chip a puck by me. We're racing to the corner. I can't hold you up. I can't in, in, in interfere in any way. And we're going back. And you, all you're trying to do is just kill me, like flat out. Right. You're just trying to run me over. And so, you know, I think that when they changed the rules back in I think '05, it was just 
it was really tough for the D to adjust. And that's why I think you see in these, these real mobile D now who can go back and make plays because if you don't, I mean, you're just, you're just going to get run over all night. So it's, uh, for sure. Yeah. It's interesting how it's played out, but I've, but I feel like they've done a, they've, they've worked hard. I mean, there's no, I mean, it's a physical game it's, with contact and there's emotions, there's, there's sticks and pucks. and always going to stuff. be fast regardless, uh, being on ice yeah. and skating. I mean, even when there's a bang-bang play and how they handle it now where that guy's immediately off the ice into the locker room and getting looked at. But kind of something I'm curious about when it, in terms of the concussions, is there anything that the league does for guys that may have had serious injuries um, in their post-careers with handling maybe the concussion symptoms and whatnot that comes along with that? I haven't had any, um, like I, I, when I, when I, I decided to go to Switzerland to finish my career overseas mm-hmm. and I went over there and I was healthy for a couple of years and then I ended up having an injury and because of the, the way the, the government's set up and the insurance things are set up, like they, they worked really hard to make sure that I was functional and on point before I was like dismissed, you know what I mean? Right. And they really made sure that that was on point. Now I, I didn't have that experience in, in the NHL because I didn't, I didn't leave the game or leave the country on those or terms, the NHL on those terms. Exactly. I, I was a healthy player that just couldn't find work gotcha. and see you later, kid, you know, thanks for coming. <laughs> and, and that's fine. But I, I, for the guys who, who end their career with an injury, I can't speak for them. I have no idea what that infrastructure sort of looks like for, for those guys. I hope that their teams in the league look after them. I, I, I really don't know, though. Gotcha. So post-playing career, like you said, you're done in Switzerland. Um, how quickly did you get into coaching? Was it kind of a right – right? did you jump right into it or did you take some time off for yourself and just kind of settle down, enjoy retirement? Because, I mean, we'll get into you now coaching the USA women's team, but how quick of a transition was that for you? Well, for me, I, I ended up with, a, with an injury. And so I had a really difficult time coming back with a head, another head injury right. and all the visual issues and the vertigo issues. And I had a lot of just the visual problems. Um, and when I came back, those were all right at the forefront. So I had, I had probably a year and a half of like pretty intense therapy oh, wow. that, um, that tried, I, you know, I got to the point where I'm walking up and down to the mailbox to get my mail. And that's like all I can do without, without uh, being on the couch for a couple of days, you know, and then eventually I, I walked down the street and then I jogged down the street and then I, and okay. I kept progressing and going to therapy and working my way to a point where I was, you know, I was fairly functional. And now I can, you know, as, as far as anyone can tell, for the most part, I'm kind of a normal guy. Right. So during um, that time, you know, actually, sorry to interrupt. Did, no. I mean, when you were going through those issues, uh, post-career did you did at any point did any kind of regret set in maybe not I mean obviously you're not gonna have any regret going playing pro hockey but I mean maybe just the thought of the physicality and playing that physical of a game for that long and uh I think when you're in it you you you're so excited to be a part of it and you're willing to lay your body on the line to, to play and be right. part of it. It's something you dreamed about since forever. And, and, you know, when you're 25, 30, 35, even Don't you're think like about you know, later on. Yeah. You're still invincible. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm 42 now and I'm, I'm not an old man by any stretch, but you know, you, you, you hope that all those 
incidents don't don't come to roost too quick i'd like to right. be able to be you know be functional and and not you know i i'm sure at some point this stuff will catch up to me but for the most part like i've i've worked really hard lifestyle wise like sleeping enough eating right going making sure i'm at the gym like i really have to manage myself really okay. well right now and if i don't then all that stuff will come back to the forefront pretty quick okay but um but i but you know, through lifestyle management, I'm, I'm, I'm able to stay fairly functional, which is pretty cool. So, so it's almost maintaining that same physical, the physical attributes and whatnot as when you were in the league and competing on a night, night to night basis. Yeah. I I think it's, um, you know, like my nervous system is pretty, pretty mangled. Right. So, um, the, the kind of, the kind of work I'm doing now is not nearly as intense and as, right. you know, you know, obviously to be, to play at that level, you just right. got to be all in. And I'm trying to like part of the management of, of health is, is knowing when to rest, which I never knew how to do. Right. It was right. always zero to a hundred all the time. The switch is on you, no matter what. You know, yeah. And it's old school mentality where it's like, if I'm not working, then somebody else is, they're going to take my job. Right, oh right. my goodness. <laughs> right. And it, and that mindset's changed a lot. Like the kids nowadays that come up, they really get how important it is to rest and recover. And, and, you know, we just didn't do that back then. We just kind of beat ourselves up. Right. So like you mentioned, work nowadays, uh, USA women's team, uh, assistant coach currently in the rivalry series versus Canada, two nothing leading that might I add. So I guess kind of tell us first how you got into coaching and with that USA women's team and, uh, just how the rivalry series is going currently. Sure. Sure. Uh, well, what happened, like I said, I was, I was at home kind of just working my way through a bit of a rehab stint, trying to get myself functional again. And then, I had uh, some family friends that had kids and they were like, Hey, come on, come on the ice and just come and play shinny with us. Just, just might be good for you to kind of get out there and just feel the puck again. And, and so I did, and it was great and it was awesome. And and then he's like, Hey, if you want to come and work with the kids a little bit, like, you know, do a couple of drills, that would be really cool. And, and so I did. And next thing you know, he's got 10 and 15 kids on the ice. And, and (laughs) before you know it, I got a group and he's like, Hey, what if I do a summer group? And we, (laughs) And we start this thing and 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 so from that sort of was the the business uh was born that i'm in now and um and it's been great it's kind of organically grown and um and um, and i've sort of niched out on on d specific stuff which is which has been really fun and through that reagan carey who is the director of the women's national team the gm um at the time she had called me and asked if I'd come in and be in, and work with the girls and sort of be a camp coach and do some skill development mm-hmm. stuff with them. And so I did that on and off for a few years. And then after the last Olympics, Reagan had messaged me and said, Hey, why don't you come down for another camp? And, and, um, and I did. And, and then she asked me if I would like to get on the bench and, and it was a good time. It was right for my family. It was right. It was a right time for right. me and the, and the business that I was in. So I jumped on and it's been, you know, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And, um, my, the head coach for the national team now is, um, of, of Bob Corkum, who was on the same team as, uh, Todd Reardon and myself. We were all in Atlanta together. 
which is oh, wow. which is so kind of funny. The familiarity so, there, and it all kind of plays in. I mean, you mentioned zero to one hundred earlier in the playing career, but that sounds like the coaching career too, from a couple kids to these world class <laughs> women hockey players. Um, I mean, do you see this kind of rivalry series with Canada? I mean, I know they do it. I think every year. Do you see it as kind of huge to the growth of the women's game and kind of a critical component in the continued growth of it and getting into a, a point to where it kind of needs to be? A lot of people see. Yeah, I'm 100%. You know, in, in years past, they had the Four Nations tournament, which is uh, Sweden, Finland, uh, U.S. and Canada, and we'd have it everywhere. Um, you know, every year a, a country would take take it and run with it. And this year, uh, the Swedish team had a situation where they're, they were sort of boycotting and they had some funding issues. And so the Four Nations tournament got canceled. And so we had done a rivalry series last year in the winter. And so we just, um, we extended it and we kind of blew it up and it was phenomenal. Um, NBCSN got involved and some, um, I, I believe it was Comcast. Uh, I'm not sure, but it, but it was great. Some TV and, and just exposure. Right. And it was phenomenal for the girls. And that's exactly what they need. Like nobody really understands the girls game because they don't get to watch it all that much. But when you actually get on the ice with these women, man, you it's it's pretty impressive it's, it's quick it's fast it's, it's the same yeah. as uh, guys playing at that the highest of level possible um yeah they they can really they can really play you know you see uh at the all-star game last year the girls showed up and kendall coin and just smoke everyone just, <laughs> yeah you can just see like you know nobody would think that she could get out there and hang with the big boys but she man the girl can scoot and really she can so it's, it was it was a great it was just phenomenal exposure for the game. So coaching now, is there any coaches that you had, um, I guess, in your professional playing career or prior that kind of really made an impact on you that you maybe try to emulate now as a coach yourself and kind of maybe take those same antics or preparations or anything that a coach did for you and that you kind of try to use now? Yeah, you know what? It's it's a it's a mishmash of every coach that I've had. Okay. Like some of the guys that I respected the most was. I had a um, John Paddock was a coach in Ottawa that I had, and Brian Murray was another coach in Ottawa that I had. Jacques Martin, and obviously in uh, Washington, Bruce Boudreau. I I, right. I I love the way he would prepare our group. He always had his you know keys to the game on the board, and he just had these little things that he would do that would I, I think would set our minds in the right in the right state for the game, and I and I love the process that he used and so yeah you'd pull things like that off right. and and the as, demeanor as many f-bombs as bruce <laughs> <laughs> we we hit the the you know the mute button on those for sure yeah, yeah. Um, I, I tone it down a little bit for sure <laughs> but but uh like john paddock was just a really composed coach he was just right. stoic behind the bench and he was always confident and i really loved the way he he handled the bench and and so yeah you just pick and and um and then you add your own spice to it too you know like my personality obviously is very different than bruce or john or brian mm -hmm. or any of those guys so you you add your own personality to it as yeah, well just kind of morphing your own style to a style that you saw work 
uh, for you personally and then hopefully comes up with a winning recipe. So kind of last thing here because we don't want to keep you forever and we do greatly appreciate you coming on. It's been an awesome talking to you, but you kind of brought it up earlier, but the Pothier Blue Line Hockey Camp, youth development, um, just kind of talk us through that real quick, the benefits it provides young players, uh, what type of stuff you work on with these kids. I mean, is it all on ice or some off ice, maybe some mental training, personal training, kind of talk us through your program there. Yeah, so so I have, you know, a bunch of different programs at different times, but the one that I really kind of is my baby is I have like the summer academy where I have I'll have six different groups, seven different groups that run through the summer, but just one group will be 2 hours on Tuesday, 2 hours on Thursday, and then in between all those like on-ice sessions, like after the session or before the session depending on the groupings. I'll have um, Julie Nicoletti, who's the Bruins nutritionist. She'll come down and, and consult with the kids and talk to them about, you know, how to properly fuel. And then I'll have um, a couple of uh, sports psychologists come in and do the same thing. A strength and conditioning coach come in and do the same. Um, and then we do five or six different video sessions as well. So how I do it is if I have like, just, let's just say we're going to do one-on-ones today. That's sort of the theory of the day is like one-on-one form and shape and how to, how to handle or attack a one-on-one. We'll take that in the video room first. We'll break down the video. We'll, we'll get real technical and then we'll carry that out onto the ice. So we, we get them visually and then we get them on the ice and, and we get them to, you know, rehearse that and sort of get the, get the muscle memory and, and, just having that visual cue from the video, I, f- I find it to be really helpful with the kids. And so, yeah, that's the, that's the summer program that we run. And that, you know, I go from every age group from, you know, this year, geez, we're getting young. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like 2012s we'll have, or 2011s we'll have this year as our first group. Jeez. And we'll work all the way up through um, some college kids right. and different things. I mean, like just, that, so. just kind of hearing everything you mentioned that you provide psychology training, I mean, nutritional training. I mean, just to think of everything that's available in this day and age in terms of training a hockey player compared to even 10 years ago. I mean, not even thinking about 10, 20, 30 years ago. I mean, it's just all that that goes oh, into man. making a successful hockey player. Like you said, it's, this helps the kids from not always being zero to a hundred. <laughs> Honestly, it's just a different planet. You know, the kids now are just, they, everyone has their own skating coach by age 10 and right. they have their own hands coach and they, oh, they go see the, the shooting coach and then they go a D specific camp and then they go to the, it's, it's, uh, it honestly is unbelievable. Sometimes I feel like it's overkill and the kids yeah, just I was going to ask if, at play, some you know? point you think that's too much. Yeah. So it's, you know, some kids are like some kids will, will come and do my program and I've designed the program. So it's not too much. Like I, right. it's only two, it's two skates a week. And you know, there's other programs out there that just, day they, for a week. They, yeah. They just bury the kids and, and that's, you know, it is what it is, but, but then they go and play like tournaments on the weekends and they do, Oh, it's just crazy. The eight days a week on the ice almost. Yeah. The tournament hockey is really crazy. It's, sure. um, every weekend you can find a tournament to play so it's just it's finding that balance about hey listen the summertime is a time to build but it's also a time to recharge like if you and if you don't recharge you're going to hit september and you're just going to feel depleted you're not going to be hungry you're not going to be sharp and ultimately over if you do that over the course of your you know youth hockey career you're you're just going to 
burn out. Develop and, yeah, in a way. you're just not going to. Yeah, for sure. You're not going to develop at the pace you could or you need to. Right. Well, Brian, we greatly appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on. Uh, it was good talking to you and everything. Great to hear about your career and the stories and just being here in D.C. and everything. And um, like I said, greatly appreciated. We wish you the best in the, the rest of the rivalry series and everything moving forward. Thanks. So appreciate it, man. I had a good time. No problem. Have a good one. Thank you. All right. Bye. And thanks again for to Brian Pothier for hopping on. That was a great interview. I uh, really enjoyed talking to him. Great dude. Um, Caps have scored. Tom Wilson won the one. Um, so let's start with this. Oh, no scoreboard rundown today because there was no Caps games, which means there's no Unleashed to Fury. So we'll do Goat Facts. Special edition. So let's kick it off here. <laughs> First one, Kobe Bryant scored 60 points in his final game of his career. His highest ever in a game was 81. Yeah, I mean. Good fact. Do you, remember, going, do you remember that game? The 60 or the 81? The eight, Oh, maybe I'm Well, I remember up. the 60 a lot, obviously, better because it was his last game of his career. And he, he was obviously just shooting every ball. Like, nobody yeah. was doing – nobody was concerned about it. But the 81-point game, yeah, obviously, throughout the week, we've been rewatching it. Yeah. Um, just insane. Yeah. Just absolutely insane. Go fact number two, Kobe was an 18-time All-Star, won MVP in 2008, along with two NBA Finals, two NBA Final MVPs en route to winning five NBA championships. Dude, I was... I, the 18 All-Star games is nuts. Insane. He was a guy that they talked about a lot. It's He's a dude that loved All-Star games, loved going to him, loved interacting with fans, and loved doing that whole type of thing where you don't see that a lot in pro sports. Yeah, and he also, like... He went balls to the walls when he was playing. He usually. did. Dwayne Wade broke his nose in that one All-Star game yeah. however many years ago. Yep. Uh, last one here. Kobe was an Oscar, won an Oscar for a short documentary, Dear Basketball. Rewatched that, obviously. Very cool. It was something he put a lot of work into, dedicated himself to, and, yeah, he was rewarded for it. So there it is. Yeah, fucking, fucking Kobe, man. Man, Kobe, yeah. So like, go, go we're facts. gonna we're gonna be yelling Kobe every time we tr- uh, throw something. Oh, away. I shot about seven pieces of paper in the trash can today. It was just Kobe and them all. <laughs> so special edition go facts for the one, the only Kobe Bryant. So let's get into some previews now because Caps hockey's back. There's no sense in previewing the um, Caps Montreal game unless you're gonna tell me it was gonna be one one with however much time left in the second period. And then in that case, I would say you can see the future. So let's start Wednesday night. Caps Preds, NBC Sports primetime game. Preds struggling 22, 18, and seven, six points out of wild card spot. Not the Preds we've seen in the past few years. Yeah, um, obviously they fired their coach earlier this season. We kind of called that, saw that coming. Um, they they're not getting the goaltending that they're used to. I don't think Peck is having a, a great season for them. No, he's at a 2.95 goals against average, and he's literally a click below. Uh, 900 save percentage at 899. Yeah. Um, and then you thought, everyone thought that this might be their year. They end up getting Duchesne, uh, filling in the middle spot. But Duchesne, I think, has been playing fine. I think it's. Uh, but, Joe I mean, Hans- he's not even think- up there in points. I mean, Yossi leaves that team with 48 points, followed by Forsberg's 32. <laughs> no, but Joe, oh. he's. Oh, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> you're good. You're good. Um, but I think he's really like filled out his game i think he plays a 200 foot game now with the preds yeah. so that's why he's not like lighting it up but i think they're saying johansson has been having a weaker season than they're than what they're used to they're just an all-around bad team this year i mean not, i don't want to say bad but compared to what they have been to what they should have been those guys feed off each other too on when uh, one or the other like 
is not doing well, that that could also mean it. Like I, like if Johansson was having a good year, I think that the rest of the team would be going a lot better. Yeah, you need two centers rolling. Which right. I mean, that's that's how the Caps are. That's how the the Tampa Bay. I mean, they have Braden Point and Steven Stamkos. Just like rolling. when you have a guy like Ovi doing well, like yeah, Crosby, the team kind of feeds around it. Crosby, Malkin, the Pittsburgh, the Penguins are doing well when those two are doing well. You, you oh, he need, missed the net on that. You Fuck. absolutely need two centers to be rolling if for sure i mean do we want to officially close the door or say i should say close their window i mean is their window coming gone no i don't think so um it'll depend on pekka yeah for, i for guess sure. it, they still have that squad with a lot of good guys obviously we said forsberg we said yossi yeah on paper this team is like one of the best on like uh, i'd say tampa bay on paper and then preds are almost right there honestly yeah, they they a, lot of, the Cavs, a lot of names on that squad yeah so I mean, you would think they'd be able to turn it around. Like, yeah, so you would think. With all that, the superstar well, power that they have. They have think about t- it this way. If that team gets hot, that is a scary team. Exactly. Going yeah, to the playoffs. it is, it is, it is. If they, can, if they can be like a St. Louis Blues that ramps it up. Exactly. That's why I don't want to say they're, they're dead. They're dead. Mm, yeah. But, they're a team that could switch, turn it on just yeah. like that. Um, yeah, two and two week prior to heading into all-star break. Uh, they defeated Winnipeg and Buffalo, lost to Edmonton and Anaheim. So I guess we'll see. I mean, it's a home game. It's kind of cool. It's the Preds. It's, yeah, we'll see. Uh, turn around, hit the road Friday night north of the border. The Ottawa Senators, baby. Caps won the last contest 6-1. to one. That was in D.C. earlier this month. Speaking of this month, January alone for Ottawa, eight games played, played prior to that all-star break, one and seven. Ottawa. Yes. Ooh, that's yeah. that's what we thought they were going to do, right? Eight games in January. Um, obviously, one versus Caps. They win one and seven in those games. Yeah. So uh, that's that's kind of what we thought they were going to do. I mean, they, they don't really have anyone on paper except for Brady. Yeah, Brady Chuck, uh, Duclair. He's leading that team with thirty three points. Yeah, Duc- Duclair's having a breakout season. For There's himself. definitely uh, some guys on this team. I think uh, we should take a look at if we can get at the trade deadline. Mm, okay. Mm. Little, little, little preview. Okay. Yeah. Um. So last game to preview here. Let's fucking go. It's finally happening. Super Bowl Sunday, 12.30 p.m. game. Wake up, drink, let's do a rivalry, and then let's watch football. Yeah, and maybe not going to work on Monday. Yep. <laughs> Pittsburgh, <laughs> Pittsburgh Penguins. It's That's, what, February 1st, and that's the first time, first game against Pittsburgh for the year? That's nuts. Yeah. I know we talked about this prior to the um, the season starting on the pod here, but holy shit, we're finally here. Yeah, Um. I'm kind of nervous for that game. It's it's always a little nerve wracking going into a Pittsburgh game. Is it, it's at Pittsburgh this year? No. Um. So we played we play them at home, and then three Sundays from Sunday's game, we play them at twelve o'clock again, uh, but on the road. Okay. So um, this game coming up is home, at home. Home. Home okay. game. Um. They're they're four points behind us. KP, you mentioned it two or three episodes ago that this these next couple weeks these games against Pittsburgh that we I said hey let's settle down let's not look too far ahead yet and you said these might be for first place in the Metro and like I said they're four points behind us and I think we're we're kind of at the same spot uh, where we're we're going to need somebody at the trade deadline is a defenseman and they're looking for some solid defensive too so yeah uh, it's good it's going to be cool hopefully both of our offenses are scoring a lot and, and our Pittsburgh, defenses suck Pittsburgh always makes it they tend to make a splash at the deadline 
They with, do. So. I think both teams are going to grab a D for yeah. sure. Yeah. We'll see. Um, the good thing about it, I'm glad that I am kind of glad we're not playing Pittsburgh till February, obviously, because Crosby was out for 28 games. So we get him. He's back because it's more fun to beat Pittsburgh with Sydney uh, than without. Uh, since his return, three and two in those games, the Penguins have been uh, one of those two or one of two games in a three week span uh, for these two teams, like I mentioned, for the Caps and Pens. So KP. AB, we get the pins a lot lately, and it's a healthy Pittsburgh squad outside of Gensel. Yeah, and I think it's perfect right before uh, the playoffs. And we can kind of get in that playoff mode. These are going to be playoff games. These are going to be further division, like yep. I've said. And they're, it's both teams are good. Both teams, their stars seem to be healthy mostly. So it's going to be some good fucking games. Yeah. Um, Pumped for it. Crosby, he was hurt for a while right and now he's coming back he basically had what i would say a month and a half of rest which is never a good thing for the rest of the nhl when he has when he's rested come the second half of the season he starts to fucking roll yeah he's just training the whole time trying to get yeah, better and he's yeah and he's not he's it's almost like a load management thing like you you hear the nba talk about it all the time and Biz, he mentions that on Spit and Chicklets where he thinks that Crosby sometimes, like if he's having a slow first half of the year, he's do he's kind of doing it on purpose because he wants to be able to right, right. keep playing in May. Correct. All the way in June. And you have Malkin rolling on, on all cylinders right now, For too. Sure. They just found a goalie. Well, you... Well, we talk about how often we play Pittsburgh, and it's feel you feel like they've had the same core as long as we've had the same core. You kind of yep. feel like you know that lineup top to bottom, yep. first to fourth, all six defensemen. And we've played against Flurry, and we've played against Matt Murray for however many years. And now and it's, now it's this new kid we've never played in Tristan Jari. Yeah, and it's it's it'll be interesting to see how he does. Um, I don't know if he's just on a bit of a hot streak like Samsonov right now, or if this is well, just. I think looking at games played, it was twenty eight. Murray and then like maybe a few less for Jari and he's sitting at a nine two nine save percentage two sixteen goals against average. You gotta imagine he gets a start. Yeah. His first time gets the caps and his first time versus Alex Ovechkin. Pretty fucking good. His first time versus Alex Ovechkin. So you think Ovi rips him up? <coughs> I would hope so. I mean because that's always fun because Pittsburgh's thinking the same thing. Like, all right, we've got this new goalie who's never played against Ovi. And they're like, yeah, if Ovi comes out and scores fucking two on him, tough look for him going yeah. forward in his confidence. But if he comes out and Ovi doesn't score, obviously, and the Penguins win a tight 3-1, 3-2 game, then they're feeling pretty fucking good about the kid. Yep. Um, wonder what they're going to do for goalies uh, capitals-wise. Who's going to be playing which game? Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, let's let's. I guess let's think about that. So, Holpe, it's tonight. It's... Um, who are we playing? Montreal, obviously. Um, and then it's a primetime game Wednesday night against the Predators. You think Holpe gets that start against Pecorine? Um, and then you just toss in. If he plays well tonight, yeah. So you I toss think in he Sammy does. just on the road against Ottawa. Yeah. Um, and then right back to Holpe for Pittsburgh, probably. Maybe. Depends yeah, on I, these next three games. I, you're right. I would like to see Samsonov play Pittsburgh at least uh, one of these yes, times. Yes. Yeah, the two young guys Go, going against me, each other. Give me sure. Sammy on the road. Sammy on the road, I like that because mm-hmm. he's on a nine-game road. And we play him four and times. And Pittsburgh will just tear up Hopey. Just he's left him one goal, and they're just Hopey. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, Sammy don't give a shit. Well, we just saw that Reardon's not scared to throw uh, Samson off in there during a game when he needs to. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we're halfway to t- uh, thirty goal time. Oh, I know. I saw 15, that. Yeah. But he's not on pace for it. That does. I mean, that trick next game yeah, or against the Pens. I hope. Maybe he gets another night. That would be good. Yeah, so we talk about, 
Ottawa, we talk about Nashville, we talk about Pittsburgh, kind of same question as every week. What's the most important game? What's the most interesting game? Which one are you most looking forward to? And the guaranteed one is obviously Pittsburgh. Am I right? <laughs> Pittsburgh uh, for all those answers? Yes. I would say Pittsburgh is definitely Pittsburgh, the most Pittsburgh. important. Uh, definitely want to watch our D in that game, see how they do. Yeah. See how they do against a and good elite like player like Sidney Crosby. First game of the season versus these guys. And it's like, fuck yes, finally. I, I bet. think these are three good three good games to kind of assess our team yeah right before the trade deadline too. i bet i bet gudis comes out fucking swinging for that pittsburgh game i hope so yeah he, dude, so he go, he's probably fired up for pittsburgh too yeah yeah gudis gets he is the one that has shocked me where he gets the most fired up in these these rivalry games now he's been i mean he embodies it yeah that's it's awesome like i would like to see how he <clears throat> plays against pittsburgh i would like to see how siegenthaler plays against Pittsburgh. Those are the two guys. And that guys. fourth line, baby. Oh, yeah, and that fourth line grind. I want to see how everybody plays against Pittsburgh. You know I want to see Carl Hagelin against Pittsburgh. Remember, yeah, remember Pittsburgh would have that random like third or fourth line that was, damn, they're fucking good. I think <laughs> yeah. I think we might have that this they, year. They had the HBK line, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A Haglin. fucking line. They had yeah. Haglin, and now we got Haglin, so let's fucking take it to him. Yep. Is this our... F- is this our first game against Pittsburgh with Haglin? Because we get their games out of the way early last year. I don't know. I, I can't remember. I want to. He might have played like one or two, maybe. Yeah. If that though, because if we got him at the trade deadline, it was mid February in the February, so March and April, good chance we're maybe done with Pittsburgh by then. Yeah, I mean it could be. I don't. I actually, I think you are right. I think we were finished up with him in like February. Yeah. Like early February, because we had two early games against them last year. Like October, we had one in October, and one in November. For sure. So, KP, you said you wanted to bring up some trade stuff. You said you wanted to talk some goalies. So, to help transition into that, we got a bit of a voicemail here. So, uh, let's play it and then kick it off. Bart down. Off the bar. Bart, Bart down. Us, Bart, and down. Off the bar and down. What a shot. All right, voicemail time. Uh, let's let's get this question about Holpe in. Holpe. I love Braden Holpe. He's good. I love Braden Holpe. He's one of the greatest goaltenders of all time. Uh, I'm watching you getting interviewed right now on NBC Sports Network. You know, I think he's very underrated. I think a lot of people think that he's overrated, that he might be past his prime. I think by the end of the year... You know he'll he'll be right back where he used to be. I think he's very underrated, and um, I'm very pro Holpe. And I just want to see, you know, what what you guys think in regards to Holpe. So, Farley. All right, Braden Holpe. Do we think he's overrated or underrated or past his prime or what's what are the thoughts on him? I think he's rated pretty good. Yeah, at what he's at. <laughs> That's what uh, I was gonna say. He's an all-star goaltender. He's a Stanley Cup champion. Uh, I don't think people call him the number one best goalie in the league. He's probably it's top five. Top, top five, yeah. At least like probably top three. Yeah, it's kind of where he's always been at, and I th- I think so. Value so. I mean, if he um, say coming into the season he's just hot and we have a deep playoff run and he plays very well, we just all all aboard. I mean, yeah, obviously, if yeah. he if he if he picks his shit up, I mean, clearly he is i mean this is definitely not his best season that's why we're kind of harking on him a little bit and it's a contract year for him so he's going to get a little more attention you know uh depending like he's not playing great he'll i think he'll tell you that but nonetheless his resume is phenomenal you know it's a, it's he's been a top three to five goalie in the nhl for probably six or seven years so i wouldn't say he's past his prime I wouldn't say he's getting right into his prime. I would say that 
he has just been teetering that seesaw. He's, he, he has been in his prime for like a good three yeah, or four years. I think yes. he's at that peak. He is in his prime. I think he's definitely at the peak, though. You think so? Like, I don't think he's not going to get much better. He's like, right. This is just you the, don't best. See him this is the like, best he's going to be. And from, I think it'll, it's just going to go down. So say he goes to another here. team and not next year, but the year after he just has like an insane like Vesna finalist year. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't. And I'd I would kind of be, be like, "Bah, fuck." Because Hank, I mean, look how long Hank has been doing it for. I think Holby could be doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hol- Holby's definitely got that in him. But now he's getting older. Uh, pressure's getting. Yeah, but to he's him. only thirty. Goalies can goalies play. I feel like they almost last longer sometimes. I don't. I, would, yes. I don't want to say all the time. Yeah, they have a random like bounce Depends back on their here. Knees. But like, Fleur, like look at Flurry, look at Hank. They're they're both pretty fucking old. Or the the story arc of a goalie's career can kind of change Broder, rather drastically. Broder played till he was forty. Right. Nabokov and played when you late. thought Flurry was out of the league, basically, and Pittsburgh gave up on him. He turns around and has just an insane two seasons so far with exactly. the Golden Knights. So so KP. I mean, like I mentioned. If Holpe's on another team in two years, the chat around town, and when we talk to Tarek and everybody else, it's all yeah. He's pretty much you can you. It goes without saying that he's probably gone. Um, but you brought it up. Should we? I mean, I've seen it in mailbags and I've seen it on Twitter. It's like we should trade Holpe if he's going to be gone, and people shoot it down thinking it's dumb. But your stance behind it's pretty pretty solid there. Well, it's really just if you look at it this standpoint. So just say we get knocked out of the first round this year you kept Holpe for the first round of the playoffs because he's most likely gone if you get at least I I mean kind of at some point in me just digging deep into like trade deadline stuff what's going to go on I almost want the Caps to shop Holpe not have the tendency not even like if they can get away with not even saying anything to Holpe and just ask some teams like hey what would you what would you give out in return just trying to hear the number if it's outrageous I think you kind of got to maybe take a Take a look deep kind into of maybe like, you're you're kind of saying GM whole, like, BM should be hanging should be holding up the low dangling fruit for teams like hey this is not going to happen but let me see what you can tickle me with right yeah I mean it's it's hard to say it's because we're so attached to him right like mm-hmm. as as fans I mean he but wanted, then it's a business yeah, as well yeah, yeah but it's a business. but I'd rather the team try to make a push oh Hoshi is in the Ovi spot I'd rather the team make a push hard this year and just let things play out. But I, I see where you're coming from. You don't want him to walk and not get nothing back. Yeah. yeah I mean, you never know. Yeah, like you could. When you could you could get key assets for him. Yeah, you could potentially get a first-round pick who turns into a stud. Um, a good, could, solid, solid defenseman. Yeah, but defenseman, uh, even a, a, a winger. I mean. Colorado, did they want want to give up Kale McCarr? <laughs> they want another goalie? I mean, we, just throwing it out there, Avs. Get Kale McCarr I mean, with John the Carlson. Caps did win the Stanley Cup with Grubauer and Holpe, so if they had both. Yeah, that's why uh, I'm I th- I'm, t- I'm too attached to this team where I kind of like want to live and die by the team that we got. Yeah, that's personal, how I'm, I'm rather just and kill also, me or satisfy me with it. Nobody might nobody might want to give up like a first-round pick for a rental goalie who could sign Elsewhere. anywhere. Yeah, because they don't year, know. So. Yeah. That's a big thing, too. you got to think it. We maybe like we know that we'd only get like a second or third-round pick where it's just not even worth it. We're right. trading Holby for Lungfish straight up. Whoa. <laughs> Aggressive. Bananas. That would be insane. Uh, so, KP, you want to... Oh, she shoot it. Fuck off. Oh, my God. Ooh, Tom Wilson, get the hell out of the stick. way. Sorry, we're going to break down this power play real quick. And then, KP, why don't you get some trades talk queued up uh, <laughs> since we're not right going to get rid of a goalie, obviously, um, as the Caps... Let's yeah, see, we can talk about a couple things Boom. here. Oh, um, all right. The on first break. thing is let's go over like 
some of the things in-house that the Caps have that they could maybe trade off or use in a deal. Oh, oh my, my God, God Holpi. Fuck off, dude. <laughs> Obviously, Shit. we've talked about Holpi. <laughs> um, another one being we do have uh, not that many draft picks, but we have two third-round picks this year. We can give up one of those. We got that back in the Barakowski deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Phoenix Copley is a goalie that I think... Copper, yeah. Maybe we could trade again. We've traded him... Like five a, million times. Yeah, a couple times. <laughs> Some teams. Fucking guy. Teams are looking for, maybe looking for a backup goalie out there. And then Christian Jews is another one I goal. think... Goal! Oh, wow. they just kicked into their own net. <laughs> what a bunch of idiots. Fucking that idiot. better count as a power play goal. I don't know. Who's that? Sorry, Petri? K- Sorry, KP. Didn't Petri? mean to. You're good. Gaps up two to one. I was just talking That's about a Travis uh, Boyd goal. Christian Jews. They should... I don't know because he he's flipped. already been on the waiver wire. Nobody picked him up and shit. But he could be flipped. He scored if, the shootout. If we can game try winner. to use him somewhere to get rid of him, I think uh, he's a key piece for sure. So you're but, um, you're just talking about assets that we have. Yeah, to right, get rid right of now him. I was just talking yeah. about what we got, what we can give up, what we can use in a deal, which isn't much. Like we don't have a ton of picks. I think if the only extra one is that third round pick. Right. If to get we're realistically load, looking yeah. for it, what's 99% going to happen is it is going to be an asset that's going to get moved. We're not as much as we talk about it. We're not going to get that big like Jensen splash or anything like that or pan or anything. Do you consider Jensen a big splash? I mean, kind of, just because we got him last year and we signed him. With the four-year deal. It's got to be something really desperate that goes on for that, and I just don't see that happening at all this year, I don't think, um, unfortunately. Something I brought up, I saw on Twitter as well, is, and I love this, never give up a first round pick for a rental. I know we talked about maybe Holpe for that was getting the a first round pick. Shattenkirk here. Shattenkirk deal. Sometimes oh, yeah. it makes sense. Maybe uh, we're trying to get over a hump, giving it up at that point. But uh, yeah. I, th- I think that's a motto the Caps should live and die by from now on. Never give up a first round pick because you kind of did that with Philip Forsberg too. Erat was kind of like a stupid rental and yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was the worst. Scored a nice empty net goal that year. But (laughs) then uh, diving into what I think the Caps should do at the trade deadline, um, forward wise, you'd want to see them maybe get a third line person to take panic spot. Maybe, yeah. But that's not. no, that's not tough. the issue. That would be something if maybe one of our D trades don't work out, we pick somebody up uh, that doesn't doesn't get a. Get on a team. I was gonna say I don't know if you necessarily want us someone to replace those guys that we keep talking back to a power play, or maybe yes, we uh, are give um, them some pressure. So but yeah, try to fight. earn that spot. He definitely wants someone. He definitely wants someone to at least battle for that spot so that he's not resting on the resume. The the resume that he has put out this season, especially I think for Jensen's case, I think he wants someone to be able to battle for that six defensive spot and not have to like. That's kind of what he did last year with Siegenthaler and Jews for yep, a little bit. For sure. Um, what was the issue here, Tom? Just yeah, just fucking oh, oh, okay. Just turned around and threw that guy at Suzuki to the ice, and he's laughing. They're they're both laughing it off. Um, but and then I think it's the same kind of goes for Panic. But uh, I mean they already have Travis Boyd there, and I guess they think Panic's playing well enough. Oh, I, Wilson took the penalty. Fuck. I honestly think Panic was playing well enough too maybe not offensively but that's a they're a shutdown line they're not really and they've been playing well the last month or so so i don't i don't know if he messes too much with the 12 forwards that we have you know just keep it the same yeah um yeah and i think anybody that that's out there it'd be a reach where right like we've talked about we don't have that much to give up right right? so who did do you have a list of names that like could be 
Forward wise, um, I mean, I saw Rob Carlin put a tweet out there about Dimitri uh, Yaskin. Yeah, we I had him before. He's yeah. uh, second in the KHL scoring right now, fifty one points, twenty two goals, twenty nine assists, and forty eight games. Yeah, I like I like that tweet. I like seeing that. I was like, that's actually a pretty good idea. Get him. He's over at the KHL, right? It, like, yeah, like I. He played pretty well. I thought he was a pretty good forward but for us. A depth do you forward. think that's because it's? I mean, the KHL is a good high Russian league, but it's not the NHL. Yeah, and he's. Yeah. I mean, he obviously would come over probably not do. I don't think he would be as successful because he's getting first-line minutes there. He's not going to get first-line minutes here. That's true, yeah. And um, speaking of Russians, this game, isn't he Isn't he one? Kovalchuk? Yep. Yeah. I mean, if he keeps playing this well, you think Montreal's like, yo, let's get rid Flip of him, him for something. Definitely <laughs> something like, I, uh, I did read that online, that the way he's playing, they definitely uh, are starting to think about it. Flipping him. I yeah. mean, that third line can go from Eller Hagelin panic shutdown line to Eller and Kovalchuk and with some help of Hagelin getting dirty assist scoring line. Yeah. yeah. Which and could be kind of awesome. <laughs> gives, gives him definitely gives him a threat, but it, like he's Kovalchuk's not gonna be one to be healthy scratch, which if he's on the caps, he might. He that, there could be some like <laughs> there we, say been, he we, already had to have talked to Ovi about the situation in yeah. Washington and he just must have not liked it. Yeah. That, I, I think that's what it was. I mean I, if it's I one one, if it's too. one one if it's a one one second round series versus Pittsburgh or something and they're scoring some goals, you're kinda like sit sit Kovalchuk, panic's coming right back in, buddy. We're shutting this down, sorry. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Cole Wachuk, Haglin, some ex-LA Kings. Well, these guys are still LA Kings. Uh, one guy I was thinking about. Toffoli. Uh, yeah. No, Tyler Lewis. I was thinking uh, about Toffoli, too. We'll get into him. But Tyler Lewis, he has played right wing, left wing, he? and center in the NHL. He's cheaper than Toffoli. He has Seems a cap like hit million? of $2 million oh. a year. Yeah, he's a UFA. Uh, he's on a team that's looking to rebuild, so they're going to want draft picks. Maybe if uh, not, nobody's given up. Big time stuff for him. He's a tough rudder too, right? What's that? He's he's a tough guy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yep. I I think he would fit in that third line. I mean, I'm sure he has some chemistry. I'm, he's he knows Carl Haglin. That could be a good fit for him. Uh, the two million that could be something that, that cap hit there. We'd have That's to play tough. with something. I think we're only a little over one, maybe like one point three right now. But I could right. be completely wrong. So um, and then you take guys it talked as you may. about Tyler Toffoli. Yeah, he's a four point six cap hit, so that that kind of pushes him almost out of the question. It'd be, it'd be a miracle. Yeah. You'd have to move a very big piece. Yeah. Yep, and I do not want to do that. Yeah. So that's what I have with Fords. Um, Jumping to some defensemen. Uh, oh we're, shit. We're playing the Ottawa Senators in a couple nights, and I got a uh, one of their veterans. Oh, Goldchuk just got fucking uh, rocked. Mark Bowetsky. I don't know how to say that last I, name. I know, I know who you're talking about. I don't know how to pronounce it either. Yeah, he, he's been with them for a while. He's having a career year. Uh, he's got 16 points right now. Um, Senators want to rebuild as well. He's a 30-year-old defenseman who's going to be a UFA. So, I mean, they're going to want to get something for him. How much How much is cap it? His cap it is $1.2 million. I mean, that's that's not bad. It's not I mean, bad. It but gives someone – what's he, a righty? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it gives someone to kind of push Jensen be like, hey, we got someone – Come on, buddy. That – it's but here's be the other thing: for playing time and a contract. Honestly, when I was digging around for defensemen, caps can look at uh, a lot of teams are going to be looking for defensemen and free in this yeah. trade deadline as well. I know Carolina definitely needs a top four defenseman. I would agree. The NHL too. should have a rule: um, if an expansion draft takes a player from your team, and then that player ensuingly on his new team gets busted for drugs and steroids, then the team that he was stolen from originally gets him back. I.e., we get an H.M.A. back. Okay. 
I mean, I like, took I like him. Vegas took him, and then he Vegas poisoned his blood. So with the devil's juice Speaking and steroids. Of, is he on your list, Nate Schmidt? No, he's not. Vegas Damn. isn't getting rid of him. Yeah, Vegas love, isn't out of it. I would love, I love Nate him. Schmidt. You know how awesome Nate Schmidt would he's be not. on our right side if yeah. it was Schmidt, Orlov, Kempney, fucking. Yeah, Carlson. I, God, I, that's good as Sigenthaler. I will always regret not. But another team that I uh, love Nate Schmidt. We yep. do not want to get it. So like Fuck. our rivals are looking for defensemen. Carolina Hurricanes, the Pittsburgh Penguins, a guy that I saw out there, Trevor Daly, um, Detroit, <laughs> Detroit. Fuck. He was a, he already had a stint with Pittsburgh. Yep, yeah, he won two fucker. cups with Pittsburgh, so he definitely has playoff experience. I already think Pittsburgh is going to go after him. So I think this think is so? a far stretch. I think the only way we could land Tyler is Trevor or Trevor I'm sorry is if uh, nobody wants him nobody inquires on yeah. him and we get him last minute because Yeiserman wants to get something yeah. yep 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 because that's going to be his biggest thing well, he does have a Yeiserman give us what's that doesn't Yeiserman give us our boy back who's that Mike Green Mike Green, yep, he's definitely on my list. Uh, Can't afford him. He does have a five point three million dollar cap. What was Daly's? You were saying? I think I cut you off there. Yeah, Daly's is a three point one, so it's kind of more. He does have a pricey, but here's my thing with him: he's got a fifteen team no trade clause. Because does he hate the caps and not want to come? Could be on his list. I don't. don't, Could be on a shit list. Yeah, I mean, sure. Well, Green's got a no trade list too. That's pretty lengthy, Um, isn't it? He has a ten. Yeah, you boy caps are not on that list. No shot. I I wouldn't think so. Um, He is hurt right now. That's another thing I was diving into um, when I researched about him. Maybe they can retain some salary. Maybe that's a way. Uh, Yazerman's definitely. I think. I think Green might be gone from that team either way. Because I don't. I don't think Yazerman's going to resign him. Yeah, and he he does want to win a cup. I think that was. Daly's thing too. He went up and said he wants to go to a contender because he's looking to retire. I think after this year. So. Really? Is that he's? Wow, we cannot stay out of the fucking box. He's, he's older. I think he's like in the thirty-eight something, mid thirties. Daly? Holy shit! Yeah. I thought he was younger than that. Yep. Um. Then another defense, a twenty-eight-year-old defenseman I got here is Sammy Vettinen. Oh, okay. With the New Jersey Devils, he has they a four point eight million dollar cap oh hit though. It's a little yeah. higher. We have to do some playing there. He's a free agent at UFA after of this year he has a 12 team no trade clause um he's having a great year with the devils devils obviously are going to be looking to make moves they just got a new gm not too long ago so they could be looking for picks as well yeah um, they probably are they probably definitely are with honestly. the caps not having too much to give up i think it's going to be something last minute once some once carolina makes a deal maybe maybe see, we grab something there i could also see it being a player like we have and Toronto's looking for a defenseman. We have not that. say what there's too many like teams. You said it. Too many teams are looking for a defenseman. Defensemen are just becoming so valuable. So hard right to come now. by, man. That top four guy, top four defenseman, trying to round out that spot. Well, I mean, Carolina's trying to look for a number one guy now, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're not going to find one though. Uh, I mean, they'd have to give up some serious. I wonder if the Devils shop, defenseman shot PK. I mean, I know they just. That's got what I, I mentioned that a couple weeks ago. Um, God, imagine if he goes to fucking. He's way too expensive, though. Carolina? Yeah. But I don't know. I just, what, is uh, Dougie long LTIR? Because isn't that where they n- nod the salary out? Didn't he break his leg? Yeah. yeah. He's done for the year. Yeah, Maybe so Don't they cancel the salary, I guess, towards the cap? His salary towards the cap if he gets put on IR? Yeah, long-term I, so. IR? I believe so. Um, so I don't know what his cap hit is at all, and I don't want to estimate, but I imagine it's at least over five, over four. My thing is... They definitely have money. They do have, you think Tampa always makes moves... 
Do you think they make any moves, though? Their team... I don't think they need to. Yeah, their team is... They're happy with the squad they got. They're turning around. They have this a lot of the same exact guys. team that went through the shit last year, so they want to keep that fire. You start mixing new guys in, you kind of lose a little bit of that fire because those new guys didn't go through it last year. Yeah, um... Yeah, I mean they they did. I think they did. They've done it before. Remember the big splashes with the Rangers players and. I was, well, I was gonna say I think they did. They made their big move with Shattenkirk, and it was a very, yeah, low low risk high reward yep. signing. I for think them. they they count that Maroon signing in there too. Yeah, I think I for, uh, Maroon, late yeah. late in the year he's gonna be a lot better player for him. Yeah, for them. I'm sorry. Yeah, he he, do, he does that. He uh. So He's Tampa, go Lars, go Lars. Tampa's definitely going to be interesting to see. Oh, oh, watching fuck. Montreal, though, uh, another person <clears throat> I heard rumored is right there with the puck, almost number 90, Thomas Tatar. Tatar. Yeah, that guy's gotten thrown all over the league last couple of years, I feel he like. He has. Where was he at before Vegas? Detroit. That's right. He Vegas. Was Detroit. Oh, oh, nice move. He was on both. Carney. Um, all right, so that's trade talk. You guys got any more trade stuff to uh, talk about before we talk about why teams do need to trade? Uh, on I a mean, quick 2-1-0 and Hathaway hogs the puck. He's fuck. snake bit. He hasn't I mean, so scored in That's years. all I really got. Yeah. I think the Caps are going to go after a D. Oh, I think fuck. it's going to be some something small, something, something like the small. Shattenkirk deal. Low risk, high reward. Yep. Yeah. Uh, not giving up too much. For because sure. We got a solid scrap here. I don't think I don't think much is going to help us. No, yeah. I don't. Um, yeah, they'll probably maybe shop a fourth, like a fourth round pick or something. And it, as I've said, all the players I just named, they're all UFA. So anybody we get, it's going to be a rental. Yeah, sure. So the reason teams do need to make trades is because they are not happy with where they are in the standings. So AB, why don't you uh, pull the NHL standings up here? Since it is All Star Break and we got not a lot of the caps to talk about in terms of recapping, let's go back prior to our earlier episodes preseason, choosing who we thought would finish where. Uh, choosing our playoff teams basically so let's just just get an update on where we are because i know i completely forgot mine until i listened to them and i was like okay shit some of these are really bad picks yeah i think i think kyle had some <laughs> some heaters going out there you had i remember you had some wild picks yeah. and we were like what we're about to find out so do you have the east or the west pulled yeah. up right now uh i have both okay so let's start by the, let's start in the east so maybe you do you want to read the current standings off first or do you want me to read all of our picks off first uh, read the picks. Read the picks first. All right, so for the Metro, uh, I had Caps first, Islanders second, Pitt third. AB had Caps first, Philly, and then Pitt. AB had the Penguins, the Caps, and then the Devils. KP. I mean KP. Penguins, Caps, Devils. AB went Caps, Philly, Pitt. I went Caps, Islanders, Pitt. AB, what is the current standings? So for the Metro, we got the Caps are in first. Bingo. We have Pittsburgh at second. Okay. And the Islanders at third. Okay. Uh, should we? You want me to spit wild card teams too, or we're gonna hold off on that real quick? I'll do. Let's do Atlantic first and then wild card. So okay. Atlantic, um, I picked Bolts first, Leafs second, Boston third. AB went Bolts, Leafs, Bruins as much as I did, and KP went also Bolts, Leafs, but Buffalo. Yeah, that's who. It, that was the shocking yep. pick. So I mean, AB go Bolts, Leafs, Bruins. Kyle goes Bolts, Leafs, then hops on the other B train with the Sabers. Um. Yeah. So then we got to uh, the wild card. Who was our wild card? What's what are the standings currently? Oh, sorry, my bad. Boston's first. Tampa's second. Florida third. Okay. Um, the Panthers. Tampa slower start this year. Yes. They're starting to ramp it up. Florida Panthers are like on a six or seven game heater right now. They're Could starting be an awesome playoff series. Yeah. So they're yeah first ever Florida yep. series. So with that, my two stay. wild cards were the Panthers and the Devils. 
ABs were the Panthers and the Islanders. Kyle's were the Bruins and the Rangers. So who are the two wildcard teams in the East right now? Ooh, we did not do too well. No. <laughs> we got Columbus okay. and Carolina. Okay. Yeah, um, none of us had Carolina in anything. That's kind of no. shocking. And I guess Phil- we were just so pissed. Yeah. Well, I just... I thought they were a one-year team. Yeah, they got same. Uh, we, we thought that their goaltenders outplayed They sneaked themselves. into the playoffs. And they're, they showed that their goalies are still... They're still stud goalies, so... He's got speed. Oh, big save, Holby. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we still have... So, you have Philly only one point behind in the right. uh, wildcard race, and you have Toronto. They're three points behind in the wildcard race. Okay. Which is kind of wild to see that Toronto... Yes, catching up. Like, they catch up this late in the season. Yeah, like, it's... We thought they were going to be studs. Like, they had... They picked up Tyson Berry. If you have Jake Muzzin now, they were like, oh, we were like, oh, shit, they, have, they actually might have defense. Just hasn't... They haven't kicked it in sure. a year yet. And it's, it's surprising to see. They're not as surprising as the uh, the devil season. Yeah, me. well, that was a complete just total shit show from the start. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's like on paper, they were a pretty good team. Um, a typical team of too much talent. We bought into the hype. We all bought into the hype. Yep. Too much talent. They didn't have the grinders, the people. Right. The goal, I think it's the goaltending that's the issue. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't know what they do because uh, is Corey Schneider even on that team anymore? Didn't he get, didn't they drop him the they dropped him I've got no I think he came clue. back up but I don't know where he's at right now yeah. oh shit alright so let's kick it west Pacific let's start there I went Vegas Flames Sharks AB Vegas Flames Yotes KP Sharks Vancouver Vegas and we know the Sharks aren't in any of them yeah um, Sharks are they're fucking struggling those, Cali- <laughs> those California teams are not <laughs> too good all anymore bad. so what's the current standings in Pacific uh, we got Vancouver at number one cool. yeah crazy to think about that Edmonton number two Calgary number three okay and then Central I picked Stars Avs Nashville AB went Preds Avs St. Louis KP went St. Louis Avs Nash so we all had Avs at second um, I went Stars, KP went Blues, AB goes Purds. Uh, well, I mean, we all three had the Purds, and we all three had the Avs in there. Yeah. Um, and they are sitting at St. Louis. They have a pretty healthy lead in that Central Division. Colorado's in second, Dallas yep. in third. Um, yeah, this is – the West is kind of shocking. I mean, I guess that's not too shocking in the Central. Yeah. The, main, the Pacific Division. It's just fucking weird. All over the place. Three Canadian teams. Yeah, like it's so. It's, I think it's going to be a lot different at the end of the year. The second half of the season. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see, I mean, they don't. The Pacific Division, though, they don't have anyone really f- fighting those top dogs right now. I mean, really Nash, uh, San Jose, Anaheim, and the Kings are all. I would almost say they're all almost out of it already. Well, here, here's like San Jose's like San Jose's fourteen points back from a. You saying San Jose's out of this? Yeah. Is San Jose sellers at the deadline? Mm-hmm. They got some big, big ballers that they could trade off. Big man. Joe, <laughs> put them on our third line. Big Joe, Logan Fuck it. Carlson. What's uh, I mean, I gotta, I'd have to look at their contracts. What about uh, Eric Carlson? He just signed that. Not gonna yeah. trade him. Yeah. yeah, he signed what about four years ago now? Probably one Three, bad four. season. I don't think is enough to no, it was like two franchise. Right? This is his second year there, he, or his third? They went to the Eastern Conference Finals with Ottawa in 2017. So I think it's been two years. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, wild card wise, I had St. Louis and the Coyotes, AB Dallas and the Jets, KP Yotes and Dallas. So I think we're pretty spot on with mostly all of our picks outside of two or two wild cards right now. Uh, Yotes and Vegas. Yeah. So Yotes, I mean, baby. we had we have them in kind of unorthodox 
rankings, but pretty much every team we've all picked is in a playoff spot outside of maybe two or three each. Yeah. Um, I'd say. I know. Sharks kind of killed all of us there. Uh, did I pick the Sharks? I thought I had them. Yeah, you had... No, you didn't. You didn't have the Sharks at all. Yeah, I was say, I don't oh. think I picked the Sharks. Atta um, boy. I missed, I'm missing on Philly right now. Philly is my one team that... Um, I thought it was going to come in. I think I you know, and Toronto obviously we're all missing yep, on Toronto. I'm missing on Devils, and that's no bueno. And so, I'm also missing on yeah the Sharks. This playoff race though for the West. Um, so you got Arizona and Vegas both at 57 points for a wild card spot, but that'd be an awesome first round series. You also have Dallas at 58. Don't only fuck off, Opie. You also have Dallas only at one more point than them. You have Vancouver only at one more point, and they're leading their own division. So that division is completely up in the air right now. Right. Um, Edmonton, Edmonton, Calgary, Arizona, and Vegas are all at 57 points tied for that last spot. You want Connor McDavid in the playoffs, obviously. Yeah. Um, And then you got Winnipeg, Chicago, and Minnesota kind of still fighting. I guess Nashville, too. They're six points back, uh, all fighting for a playoff spot. Winnipeg, Chicago... Both three points back. Minnesota's five points back, and Nashville's six. Um, Chicago and Minnesota are two teams, two surprise teams. That kind of staying alive a little bit, yeah. you know, just kind of hanging around and seeing what they can do. Which is what I, I think I said that about Minnesota. Minnesota, they don't have a flashy roster, but it's pretty solid. They got a solid roster, yeah. You know, I was saying they could dis- they could be like a heartbreak. Like they could have uh, some shit icing call. Extremely important points down the stretch here. For sure. They, they're a good veteran. String a couple up. wins together and Yeah. Um and then Chicago they have they have Patty Kane and Jonathan Taze. I mean if their goalie starts to play well who the fuck knows? Oh, I mean, they're, they're we had a team. no idea where that puck was. They're kind of like the team of the West. I guess you can compare them to Tampa. They're a team that has the talent. And yeah. if they flip on a switch, they could become something dangerous. Exactly. So, I mean, and then Winnipeg. They Winnipeg has the talent, too. They just don't have any defense. Ever yeah, since that's true. I mean, they were so good in the playoff runs, like, the past couple of years. Yeah, and, and then Shruba goes to New York. I mean, Dustin Bufflin decides that he doesn't even want to play. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a tough spot for them, but... Um, they they're definitely still right in a playoff spot, Winnipeg. Yeah, or lo- and looking. they have the talent to stay that way. Yeah, I mean Mark Shifley is a beast. Blake Wheeler's a beast. Our boy Maddie Perot. For sure, for sure. All right, so that's standing wise. That's where our picks are. I mean, obviously a lot could change by the end of the season. Yeah. Um, I guess a couple more things we got to talk about here. Uh, well, all I can really think of is we want to mention that article. By the unknown blog that said, "Is it time to shop at Guinea Kuznets off?" Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, I haven't read into depth into it yet, but I guess AB will have a rebuttal blog. Yeah, um, doing counterpoints to every fact they made. I mean, that guy, well, like, has he not been watching the Caps? Like, he's our best <laughs> fucking player. Well, besides John Carlson, like, yeah. he's like I said. Well, I'll, I'll read it, read it through, and see if he was like just being sarcastic or something. Hopefully, I yeah. Imagine, but yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's but he's by far the most consistent player on this team. And he's a guy you're going to want around once, uh, and then after five years when Ovi's gone and Backstrom's gone, he's going to be the kind of guy. He is the guy. Him yeah. and Vrana and yep. Wilson. Yep, yep, yep. So I mean, we've kind of rebuilt, like, without having to rebuild it so far. You know yeah. what I mean? With Between those three players still having, like, faces. I mean, obviously, they're going to need to find. Yeah. You're going to need to keep producing. Yeah. Kuzi probably go back to the KHL if he, no, le- if he had to leave Ovi. No. Their, their bond is so tight, man. I don't. He wouldn't want to play anywhere else, I don't think. Who, Kuzi? Kuzi. I think he's definitely, he likes the D.C. era. He likes hanging out. That little They got that little Russian click. Them, Ovi, Samsonov, Orlov. Orlov. They're always hanging out. They're always together. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, makes. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. The Russians, they always do kind of weird things like that, where they just retire early or <laughs> yeah. something like that. I mean, the point you should look up for fucking... your blog is, I don't think any team, I don't think anybody could trade us the value of is getting Kuznetsov. Like it would have to be at least like two first round picks. Detroit's first round pick this year, and we get Alexis Lafreniere. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and Mike Greenback for shits and giggles. Yeah. Like yeah, I mean, I would kind of agree with that. I mean, you're. You're shopping up a lot. Even a prospect. Like we everyone thought that Hughes was gonna be this guy just came into the league and like he's gonna be so good and he's kinda stepped back. I wouldn't say he's not having a It's not the rookie year you want to see right. out of your number one pick. Right, no. Yeah. I can tell you that much. Yeah. See, I mean, Same to be said with Kako even. Is is yeah. that are you willing to give up that chance of giving up Evgeny Kuznetsov? Like we waited for that guy for how many years to come over from the KHL? Yeah. Uh I will I will say this. I mean, this is all obviously hypothetical and would never fucking happen, but like I think Alexis Lafreniere, like I would take a shot on him. I think he's he. I'd be good. Yeah, he. They're saying he looks like pretty much what Connor McDavid was looking like as a as a prospect. But well, who's who's gonna get that pick? Detroit. They need a goalie. Uh, <laughs> probably. Yeah, they have Jimmy yeah, Howard still. Tell them we got Hopi. I think they need everything. Jimmy Howard still. Damn that Bojangles commercials those look so good. But yeah, I mean that oh. kid. That kid looks like he's gonna be a stud. Did you see some of the plays he made in, Gene, in the World Tournament? Yeah, it's big. No, he's pretty. He's big. The kid's nuts. Yeah, that kid is nuts. How um, about these two playing together? He's gonna be excited. Jane Carlson, the beautiful. You want to watch a couple minutes of this game or call her quits? Yeah, we can listen. All right, so what is this? Now showing Ravens win second. Why do they this did they promote the shit out of Baltimore sports on NBC Sports Washington? Yeah, I fucking I fucking hate Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, <laughs> I get in so many Twitter. I think I get more Twitter fights over Baltimore with Baltimore Ravens fans than like like Pittsburgh it's, Penguins. It's just fans. like every time you see NBC Sports Washington post anything, it's just kind of like oh, and then here's Lamar with Ovi and Ryan Zimmerman. It's like he shut up. Yeah. Um. So let's see. Two to one game. Five forty three left in this game. I think we've been playing well from what I've just kind of been trying to. I hope he's been playing well. I haven't paid the most attention, obviously, because we've been doing notes and everything. So I can't tell you. My honest opinion's on panic on that first line yet. Uh, yeah, I haven't. Honestly, I haven't. <laughs> I mean, I've been just kind of glancing up and down, so it's kind of tough to keep serious track. I haven't noticed. Uh, I guess we forgot. I guess we forgot to tweet about the game tonight, didn't we? Any difference? Uh, I mean, live tweets. Well, that's all right. Stack guy Blake, can you live tweet, please? Thanks. If you hear this tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Boom, that's three to one. Wow. Three to one, and that is... Vrana. Vrana, baby. Absolute legend. Let's break this goal down. That's a perfect way to end this. That is all Evgeny Kuznetsov. Welcome back from all-star break. The guy we were just chirping on. Watch this play by Kuzi, man. Oh, yeah, Price is a little rattled, shaking mm. his head. Dude, could you imagine if Kuzi heats up, heats up before the playoffs? Like, becomes 2018. Shea Weber. Yeah. Oh, gets this. picked off by nice. Kuzi. Okay, cross-checks Kuzi on the ice. A little drop pass from Boom. TJ. Fucking beautiful, man. Ron's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Watch this. Boom. Cross-check from Shea on his butt. Gets it out front. He takes the hit from Shea. Still doesn't even the, sell it. He's falling down and still gets the pass off. And he doesn't he even sell it. He's like, TJ. Yep. He's like, we are sick. That's I mean, one of those hard work goals. You're just like, fuck yeah. That line's got a roll in the playoffs. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yeah, if you have a strong second line, I mean, your first line's that's always going to be a great second line. <laughs> yeah. It might you, be one of the best. But if you can have a second line that's scoring at will. At a I mean, high clip. That 2018 playoffs, they used that second line a lot uh, defensively, too. Yeah. Kuzi was shut down that year. He would lock Kuzi down was on up players. on that OV Tom line. Yeah, he played. In, or he was? Yeah. Okay. Back to V. Because he put up 32 points in the playoffs. Yeah, he was very good. He <laughs> yeah. should have been the MVP. Also, with that being said, like, subscribe, leave a review, download, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and that's all I got. 
All right. Peace out, boys. Uh, glad the Caps are back. It was, Caps are back, It was baby. a long week and a half. Caps are back, AP. All right, boys. Let's go. Peace out. I've been keeping myself so busy, but-